Reptile Gumbo Podcast. I'm James Lewis from Simply Serpents. And I'm Carly Jones from My Living Room. Each week, we will discuss what is happening in herpes culture on social media, YouTube, and even on other podcasts. We will share our opinions and thoughts on current events as well as the opinions of you, the listener. Make sure to check out our Facebook and Instagram for interactive polls and posts where you can tell us what you were thinking. Then listen for your name each week as we share your opinions on our podcast. So sit back and relax. Here's the Reptile Gumbo Podcast. All right, welcome to episode 12 of the Reptile Gumbo Podcast. And before it happens, I'm going to introduce that Eric Burke is our guest. See, I got it out <laughs> before Carly could do it, and then I can do the rest of the intro. But we do- I was... No, it would have happened. It no, was. okay. I was, I was thinking today, I don't know why you make the big deal out of introducing the guest, because you know when people look at the title, they can fucking see the guest. Like, they're yeah. just like, oh, Eric Burke. But I, I, I like to get all of our stuff out of the way before you... It's not a surprise for the people. Okay, I just want to make sure that you know. I want, I want some that. order to this chaos that is our okay. podcast. Okay, okay. But there, but there is none. But yes, it is Eric <laughs> Burke from EB Morelia or Morelia Python Radio. Or What's up? The short guy at next to Owen. <laughs> I am on a booster seat right now, so yeah. <laughs> Have you guys uh, met in real life? I don't, I don't no, know. No, I haven't. No. No. Because he didn't come to the Carpet Fest down there. Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah. So, yeah, shit happens. And then he pussed out from coronavirus, and so I don't get to come see. I'm just, I'm just kidding. That's not why he canceled. <laughs> That's not why they moved the carpet fest. But yeah, I don't get to come up there for carpet fest this year. Well, it is why because corona. But, like, it's that is... but it's not originally why. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it is 100 percent corona. Yeah, I don't think we're doing it this year. Yeah, but like you said, like it'll give you, it'll just let you breathe for a year. You know. Yeah. Yeah. 100. Mm-hmm. I uh, I'll be surprised at what what does actually happen this year. I know that my uh, my reptile shows that I do, the Herps reptile shows, they've they've moved them all back. Um, mm-hmm. I'm hoping they happen. It'll be surprising if they do, but we're scheduled to do several of them. So yeah, I don't know. I really hope I really hope that the uh, the last Herp thing that I have uh, this year because IHS got postponed is the Venom Symposium in Texas and um, in September. So. I mean, you know, no one knows how long this could last, so. Well, it's going to be weird when shows open up because either one of two things will happen. Either everyone will show up to the the first expo because they're just tired, they haven't been out of their house, and they haven't been to an expo in forever, or no one will show up because they're afraid of coronavirus. I figure it's not an in-between, so I don't know which one's going to be. Yeah, I'm curious. It could be an in-between. I mean. I don't know. I, uh, I know I know I did a show right before this all happened, and it was kind of a slow show, and I wondered if, oh. if it was because this was all starting, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I'm just I'm ready to get back around reptile people, or oh just my God. Do, do something out of, <laughs> do something out of my house. I know I I miss my I miss my friends. Like I love um, my coworkers and I love my residents, but but I I miss my friends. Yeah, but you, at least you have coworkers, and so mm-hmm. does Eric. Yes. Yeah. I've been working a month. All you guys complaining about not working. I'm me and Carly are over here busting our ass, living in these in the trenches here. And we're like, yeah, you know, you could be reading books, you could be making YouTube videos <laughs> or podcast after podcast, and all that here. Oh, well, 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 I'm stuck at home. What am I gonna do? I'm like, I would dream <laughs> to kill to be a month at home. What I have done is right, stay, right, Carly. <laughs> I've stayed up Man, four or are... five every night and then sleep till noon every day. That's what I've done. 
the moment I have to enter the real world again, it's going to be horrible. Yeah. <laughs> is it is it lagging for you guys or is it just me? I think it's just you. Not lagging for me. It's just me. No, yeah. It's, uh, I, okay, now we're. Oh, fuck. Now it's lagging. Shit. J- uh, just hang in there. You'll, you'll be okay. You're like that little kitten on that inspirational poster. Just hang in there. Hang in there, baby. <laughs> All right. So moving on. So let's do some. Oh, I, I did listen to your last podcast with Riley and all. And I, I don't know if you realize you're listening to our podcast or not, because you mentioned two things in there where I was like, you definitely had to have heard that on our podcast because you talked about the, uh, oh, I always the, the kid that rescues reptiles and then turns around and sells them. And we talked about oh, yeah. we talked about that uh, a couple episodes ago. Um, I'm not gonna throw his name out there, but yeah, he does have a YouTube channel, and he he basically sends you the shipping supplies, you package it and send it to him. Um, and then the second thing that you mentioned ties into that was the fucking unboxing around all of your other reptiles. We talked about that. That pisses me off too. I can't stand. I have a question. I'm so sorry, Eric. Were you gonna no, no, no. you go? No, oh, go for I it. just I was just wondering how come we don't mention it? Like how. Like, is it, well, is he going to come out of copyright? Like, it's like know. a 19 year old. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a dick and I've got no problem being a dick. I just, I'm going to slightly be less of a dick there. I'm not going to throw it out there, but everybody knows. I mean, he's a, if, if anybody that watches YouTube, they know who we're talking about. Cause he's a big YouTuber. Well, I try to not mention the names just because everybody's going to go watch the videos and I'm trying to not to get people to watch the video, but just to put I just don't understand why some people get passes and some people don't. And that was kind of my point. You know what I mean? Like, you know, think of anybody and, you know, they. I hate to say, I don't know. You know, not that I, not that I care. One, not, not, it's a tightrope. Not that I, yeah. Think of a, think of YouTube reptile people and some people get passes and other people don't. But yet, they do the same thing. I was like, I was looking for videos this week, and I'm looking at the videos that are coming up, and I see like three people just handling venomous snakes, like you know, like no big deal. And I don't know. People say nothing. <laughs> I don't hear yeah. anybody complaining about it. Or like, like when I'm really bored, sometimes I look at the comments, and there will be like just a such a small sliver of people who are like who you know, get hostile and be like, that's fucking stupid. But it's, they're so overwhelmed by the people who are like, he's a professional, he knows what he's doing, you know, it, it's the just... The problem is, usually, and it depends on how you look at which, which person you're talking about, but the person saying that someone's professional doesn't actually know if they're professional. They just, no. they have a ton of followers on YouTube, and so to the general public, that means you're a professional. And so... They're they, just... But like, I think, I think the hardcore reptile people don't tend to watch youtube as much as say you or i may and so i think some of these people are getting passes because they're not being seen by the people that would go well that's fucking stupid don't do that but i I think for the average person that goes on the youtube and looks up videos for snakes are going to watch that and think that that's normal behavior yeah and they're going to go out and I, I guess because I see it so much at Hamburg where everybody just, you know, it's the reptile starter pack. It's the retic, the American alligator, the king cobra, and, uh, you know, a rattlesnake. And they're just walking out like, yeah, that's insane. cool, you know? <laughs> I, I've got to make it up there just to see that whole thing. Because yeah, the way man, that I, all of y'all describe it, I'm like, it's, it's like a flea market. 
It's the worst flea market you could ever imagine, and it's so bad. It's not. I just. I can't take it. I can't do it. I. Uh, yeah. I, it's hard watching. I, I don't. I don't have a lot of YouTube channels. I do watch. I do have um, a reptiles channel, which just automatically populates reptiles related videos into it. And every now and then I'll go look at that, but that's usually full of people I won't watch. Like, like we yeah. had Dave, we had Dave Kaufman on the other uh, last week, and he's one of the few. I like him. He's one of the few channels yeah. I do watch because he. He doesn't do, and which is why he probably doesn't have a jillion followers like some of these people. And he should because his content is better. Yeah. It's just better content. He just doesn't go out and risk his life all the time. And I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I, I'm always torn with this. I don't, I don't like to judge people that I don't know because, you know, but. But you know snakes. You, you know snakes and you know that holding a king cobra in a small confined room with your bare hands in front of a camera it's just dumb. is not, yeah that's not that's not the right thing to do i don't care who you right. are right you know, you know even cody doesn't do that i mean and that's someone i no. i look up to, like if i'm going to talk about venomous stuff he's probably the person i'm going to look up to if anybody should have a youtube channel on venomous snakes it should be cody yes. right cody and Pia should have a, a, a youtube channel every with youtube snakes. video will be four hours long <laughs> that's the condensed version <laughs> but, but it would be so entertaining to watch him and then watch it done correctly you know that's Correct. that's the problem is a lot of what you see on youtube when it comes to venomous for sure it's just not done safely and they'll say yeah. oh i trust the animal i know what i'm doing that's not the point it's it's not the point like the point is you're putting out an image and that is not the image the community needs and it's not what the general public needs to see you know? Right. Yeah, I agree. Also, the general public doesn't need to see that everyone owns a retic. Chill. Like, <laughs> stop letting everybody think that retics are like puppy dogs. Stop that. Yeah. But so before, let's let's jump to uh, cover some things on our Facebook page real quick. Carly, are you ready if we do that? Do you have things? Yeah. Do you really? <clears throat> Excuse me. I sorry. I was. Um. I had to get Nick over here to help me because you guys are, like, I'm. Uh, lagging really hard, but I think I got it under control. So let me just get back on the Facebook page. Okay. Um, do you want to let's do see. Yours? Oh, do you? You want to do yours or mine first? Um, I, I'll I'll ask mine if that's cool. Go ahead. Um, I just asked. Uh, I was I've been thinking a lot about like the longevity of animals. I just got reading a book on rattlesnakes, and they were talking about studies that uh, have been done for like such long periods of time and they have documented records of uh some rattlesnakes being uh, like over 45 years old and i really i really hope for my animals to um to uh live that long or more if possible like i will be going into the nursing home i'm working at with my always always buy buy you a tortoise i know my tortoises will outlive me yeah but i just asked um a couple of questions in one post. Uh, what age do you retire an animal from reproducing? What's the oldest animal you've ever experienced giving you a clutch or a litter? Um, how old is the oldest animal in your collection? Um, I mean, my oldest animal is like three, four. That's, so. and that's, and that's a tricky question because uh, in the hobby, there's there's only a handful of people that have had animals for you know close to two decades. <laughs> No, yeah, I know. Are, I'm just asking. You know, that are, that are really paying attention to this. Um, yeah. We have a hobby where so many people get in and get out. Like, that's that's a big thing in the hobby. I know my oldest snake is 17. What's yours, Eric? Uh, 18. 18. 
I'm hoping to yeah. breed my 17-year-olds this year. I tried last year, and they, they, they faked me out. They bred. She swole up, but apparently I timed it all wrong. It, it didn't happen. Oh. That makes me think of um, the last uh, podcast with Riley. He was saying he had, I think he said a 49-year-old ball python. Like, that's, oh my gosh, I hope my ball python lives to 49. That's amazing. But I I don't know. What's the oldest one you have breeding for you right now? Are you breeding that 18-year-old? Uh, I didn't. Th- no, I didn't this year. Uh, probably the oldest one I had was this year. I had two 13-year-olds. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah, I keep my snakes small and thin. Yeah, that's right. And I think I think that's the key to longevity with snakes. Yeah. Oh, shit. Speaking of that, like I was looking on Instagram last night and I saw um, Joe was uh, posted up that he's thinking of letting a holdback go, and it's a year old. Um, this corn snake and my corn snake are a year old, and I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, shit. I was like, mine is like, like, and I thought I was being so good. I was just like, I know what I'm doing. I'm so careful. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, that is a lot smaller than mine, and mine's a year old too. <laughs> that, I mean, I keep I keep all my males small for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know, females. My female, I mean, I guess, well, when I think of my female rainbow and Riley's female rainbow boa, they're nowhere near the same, although he didn't grow it that big. Someone else did. Yeah. My female's maybe six foot, and she's as big around as, say, a carpet python, whereas Riley's is almost like a freaking boa constrictor. <laughs> and that's with it losing yeah. weight after he got it. Oh, when shit. I, am I? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Eric. I was going to say, when I first met Owen, the difference between our snakes <laughs> was like... <laughs> I said, whoa, maybe I'm doing it wrong. And then I'm thinking, like, mm, no. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, and Eric, or excuse me, um, Owen has gone over. He's like, I broke him. Okay, I get it. But, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I didn't even realize that I only got one comment on my question. <laughs> it was, because it was Lance. Like I said, it's, it's hard to find folks that are breeding and have an old, like, I don't know. I think it's weird. Yeah. You don't, you don't oh. see a ton of old breeders. And a lot of, like, the bigger breeders end up selling their breeders when they are no longer as productive, which makes them not that old. But I would like to ask um, Craig Trumbauer this question if I ever meet him, and I'd like to ask the Barkers, too, just out of curiosity. I probably won't think of it when I, if I ever come, meet them. In come to Conroe, and you can meet Tracy. Oh, my God. That'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool. But um, I know Nick has, uh, Nick has some animals that are, like, maybe 30 years old. That are still breeding. Wow. That, I, I mean, mean, but that's got to be not power feeding an animal because I, I figure if you if you feed an animal too much at thirty, its body is probably almost wrecked just with all the fat deposits that would probably build up and getting that old and. Yeah, I think how I learned to feed is I do the whole cycle feeding thing, but I do cycle feeding for everything mm-hmm. from my babies to my adults, and it's just worked for me. But it doesn't. When I go to sell snakes, people are like, oh, what's this? It's so small. <laughs> you, know? you know what? You're small, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You. That's why I, find I am hard. small, but. <laughs> I, find it hard for that I find it hard for someone that sells like colubras, that breed and sell colubras, just because when you sell them, they're all small no matter what. Like, I can't imagine. You, it's, you know, you walk past the corn snake table, and there's a corn snake for, say, 
five hundred bucks, which is insane for corn snake prices. But then a normal person goes, "Well, it's so small. Why is it five hundred bucks?" And that's their thought process: is it's right. if it's bigger, it should cost more. Right. And right. not it's obvious, we know it's not the case, but so it's a it's a weird thing. And then a lot of folks get into snakes because they want a big snake, and so they get it that yeah. way. But the problem is that snake will probably only live fifteen years. Yeah. So. Yeah, like when you can't see a python's like neck, especially like a carpet or something, it's yeah. just like straight, like a sambo or something like that. Mm, <laughs> yeah, that's like people always talk about sambos being. Uh, I always talk about it too. That they're they're stuffed sausages, but I've seen pictures of fat ones. And then like right now, I've got three that are pregnant. And so when you mm-hmm. see them as pregnant, you're like, how can someone not notice when their snake is fat? Because like right now, my snake is huge. It goes body and then tail. Like it shrinks down to tail quick right do they get the hips samples do they get those like bulbous like hips right above the vent well it's it's bulbous from above the vent up like half up the body (laughs) i mean they are you open and you're like you can't be comfortable it just can't be um because it doesn't look like when like when my red tail when she get pregnant she kind of swells up and then she gets big she doesn't look nearly as miserable as a pregnant samboa because they're already short and fat to start with right but the great thing about, I will say about boas, I know Owen always bashes boas. The great thing about boas <laughs> is that they will eat while they're pregnant. Whereas you guys, you have to get all your weight on your snake. I mean, don't get me wrong. You need to get your weight on your snake before you get them pregnant or gravid or anything. But sure. I can keep weight on my boas while they're pregnant because I can feed them smaller <laughs> meals throughout the pregnancy because they'll still eat for me. Whereas I know your guys usually won't touch a thing once they're gravid, right? Yeah, my snakes pretty well. I, see, I have them conditioned. Like my snakes just stop eating probably around November. I think they just they don't they won't eat. You know, males are preoccupied with trying to get with females, and you know, females are just trying to get the males away from them. Like, <laughs> and so the world turns right. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like diamond my diamond pythons. I probably feed six meals a year. Wow. Big yeah. meals, like is it like a large yeah. like, jumbo rat or something? Or yeah, yeah, adults like yeah. smaller ones. I feed a little more often, but as adults, yeah. So babies, would you feed babies on a regular like ten day schedule, like a lot of snakes, until a year or so? Or I do 14, 14 days every two weeks. Yeah, and so they just seems have, to be the the right spot. They just yeah. seem to have a slower metabolism than some of the other things. They're cold. They're colder weather snake too, right? Oh, diamonds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah if, I, if I would have known that diamonds were the way they were, I'd probably have all diamond pythons. <laughs> They're the greatest. You, it, I guess it's like what bluebirds are like, you know? Just keep them at room temperature and they'll still survive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So That's crazy. So that was your question, Carly. Mm-hmm. I had, uh, what do your friends and family think about you owning snakes and reptiles in general? Because uh, I know a lot of us, that that tends to be a, a big hurdle many people in our hobby have to face is how your family reacts to you and how your, what your friends think. Um, Eric, I know you were kind of in a special situation. Your dad had snakes when you were a kid, right? So, oh yeah. So I've had snakes since I was five. Yeah. Yes. That was a norm for your family and for you. But I mean, I'm Mm -hmm. sure you're like everybody else. Every time you tell somebody you own them, you get all the 5 million stories we've all heard or the questions that we're all tired of. Yeah. I usually get the, uh, a couple times my boss had contacted me, dude, I have a snake on my back deck. You got to come and get it. And I'm like, yeah, well, I'm at work, though. He's like, I'm your boss. Come and get it. And I'm like, oh, okay. 
Um, I'll get that call. Um, but it's become such a part of who I am. I don't know who I would be without being the snake guy. Yeah. And that's what we've said know? before on here. That's, that's who I am. Like I told, I've said it before. There's been moments where I've thought about getting, I could get rid of everything and then I wouldn't have to clean anything and I wouldn't have to do anything. But then what do I do? Like that's that I'm so used to going into my snake yeah. room and, and checking on stuff and cleaning a cage and, and being the guy that people send pictures of snakes and lizards to all day long. And like, that's me. Yeah. What kind of snake was it, Eric, that your boss had you come get? Black rat snake. Oh. <laughs> of course, yeah. they, you know, oh, it's venomous and, or poisonous, they say. Poisonous. said, no, first of all, it's not poisonous. Yeah. Venomous, you know? <laughs> What's our, our Louisiana Snakes Facebook page that, I, that I'm a member on uh, has been full of decay snakes. That's all we've had for like the last month is someone posting little baby decay brown snakes. Or not babies, they're mm-hmm. small small by nature. But posting right. decay brown snakes, you go, what is this? And well, it's a decay snake. I mean, you could scroll down to two posts and see another one. I mean, I like guess, I don't know, I've probably answered six posts in the last two days that it's a decay snake. Right. Um, th- which, they're awesome little snakes. I don't know if y'all have, y'all have them that far north, don't you? I don't, I don't know if y'all yeah. have mm-hmm. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what Carly has because it's the frozen north up there in Minnesota. <laughs> it is. I know for for me, as far as the way family and everything looks at how what I own, uh, I got my first snake. Well, let's back. My stepdad had a ball python when I was like two and a half, three. Uh, it got mm-hmm. loose. We caught it like a month or two later. It, it ended up dying, as most ball pythons did in the nineties. Uh, and then I know in like first through second, first through third grade, we got our first boa constrictor. Uh, we ironically got rid of it because it got too big and I didn't want to be around it, which I think is hilarious. And then I first got I got my first snake in 2003 when I was a senior in high school. Uh, I got a rainbow boa, which was another thing y'all talked about on that last last podcast, rainbow boas. I love them, um, which is not a very good – I've said it before, not a very good first pet. Don't anyone else out there go, ooh, rainbow boas and buy that. Don't do that. That definitely mm-hmm. needs to be like a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh <laughs> pet. Um, but I got that. And my parents, they took me to the expo. We saw it. Of course, did the, oh, it's pretty. It's cool. It didn't bite me. And we bought it. And then began the whole learning process of what the hell I bought, how to take care of it. But my parents were very supportive. Um, I went off to college. I tried to take my snakes with me. The problem was uh, I kept getting mites in the dorm. So I had to, went and live with my parents. My dad helped me build cages, several cages and racks. And, and so I told my dad last night when I was talking to him on the phone, I said, hey, on the podcast, I'm going to talk about you. He goes, we're going to talk about how what our family thinks about us having reptiles. He goes, well, what are you going to say? He goes, well, I'm going to say that uh, that you're very supportive and you think I'm stupid. And he goes, that's about right. <laughs> so uh, my dad, he's very supportive of what I would do. He asks questions every now and then. I do drive him nuts when I want to explain what I'm breeding to what. And and a lot of times he goes, you're stupid for spending all that money on this or that. But he, at no point does he go, I shouldn't do it or right. dislike that I do it. You know, it's it's I'm stupid in a, in a funny way, not in a – as I've heard some people say, like their family will not talk to them or come visit their house or that stuff's insane. Right. <laughs> they won't talk to them. <laughs> I've, I've heard, I've, I've, I've think heard, having a phone call. <laughs> no, I've heard of folks like their families, like don't want anything. Like it's so, I don't know. It's such a weird, we're in a weird hobby. Oh, well, weird they're just like sinner or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. It's a weird stigma on our, on, on the whole thing. I think it's changing now. I think that, oh, yeah. Reptiles as pets is becoming more of the norm rather yeah. than, you know, back when I was younger, it was, it was just like you said, you know, you know, you, you were like an outcast if you were into reptiles, you know? 
I've heard um, a couple people say that they don't want it to become popular. And like some of them have, they make pretty good points, but like I, I want it to be more inclusive just because um, uh, then it, it's when, when I, like you guys said, like this makes up so much of who we are. And I, our favorite thing is like talking about reptiles or reading about reptiles. So like that would make it easier for me to talk about them openly. Cause like for most people, I just don't, you know, when right. I think someone, I don't, I don't, I, cause I don't want to have to go through all the questions and stories, which, which I should be more patient. I really should, because that was it's hard. The 15th time it's the same question. Do yeah. You but... Just roam around the house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They take naps in my silverware drawer. It's fine. I can't answer those questions without being a jerk. I can't. Like, it's impossible at this point. Like, just use your brain. But but it's so alien to people. They just don't. They just, it's not their, you know. Anyway, I digress. Sorry to diverge from. That's the question. Um, Are we still? Yeah. I think a lot of us got into this hobby because it was not the norm. And we like that it's not. We like that it's, it's a little weird. But at the same time, part of me thinks I want it to become more the norm because maybe they'll quit attacking us so much as a hobby if it becomes more the norm instead of that weird outcast group that we just need to get rid of. Yeah, it's kind of like I always kind of equate it to like, you know, well, this would be the band that I would equate it to, you know, like Master of Puppets and Kill Them All and, you know, Ride the Lightning Metallicus. Badass, yeah, love it, you know? And then, like, you know, here comes the Black Album and people are like, meh, but more people now know who Metallica is. And then, you know, you keep going and it's like, oh, they sell out, man. You know, I don't know. You should just, I, I, I don't know. I, I like the idea of, a suburban mom taking her kid and buying them the corn snake, a ball python, a bearded dragon or something versus going and buying them a hamster or a goldfish or yeah. all these other things. Like, I like that our animals are becoming more accepted as good pets and not yeah. just something that guy with tattoos and the weird guy down the street has. Like it's right. Yeah. And that'll answer. No, that's <laughs> I'm I'm like actually really nervous for this podcast. Usually I'm not, but like, <laughs> um, but you're nervous um, about that, Yeah, <laughs> Eric. When you message us, I almost like, oh my god, I was just like, I I was like ecstatic, but at the same time, I was like, oh no, no, no. <laughs> she, she's, like, no. she's been afraid to mess up on here. She's afraid what you will think if she messes up, and then I'm like, have you not listened to Owen? Have you heard? Have you heard like the. I did know, you ever I'm listen just... to the first episode of Morani Python Radio? Yeah, I did. It was yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. I was gonna say, uh, like the more commonplace it is, um, the less accepted it will be for people to post on Facebook, like, "Oh, I chopped this uh, this uh, coral yeah. snake in half," and the more it will give get people on our side when um, people are starting to lobby to try to uh, like pass laws that uh well yes like, turn us criminal overnight for owning owning a corn snake it's got to you know? become easier right. for the guys making laws to look at owning us a corn snake or a ball python as not weird because yeah. that's because that's the problem is it's very easy for peter to go to those folks and say how weird we are and how dangerous we're doing because those guys don't know any different all they know is what they were told when they were kids and it was a completely different sure. world right so the more we get those people realizing that oh man this is this is this is normal this is not this weird exotic it's not fucking joe exotic from tiger king it's oh my god i want to see i want to see like a pita 
some some PETA psycho try going to someone and, and saying that, but t- talking to someone who is actually knowledgeable with snakes and be like, hmm, really? Oh, my God. Really? I didn't know that. <laughs> just, just like, yeah, you're full so, of shit. So, Carly, what, oh, yeah. what does your mom and your family think about you having snakes? Um. Well, uh, they first asked me, they were just, they, they weren't going to stop me. They were just like, because they knew I always loved animals. And they remembered when I was little, I wanted a corn snake really bad, but they pacified me with a betta fish. Um, so See, they were just the like, problem. oh, it's just. It, that's what I hate just, is that that's what people do. They go, they get them the sin, like, here, just take this and, and yeah, well, be happy. It, so they were kind of like, oh, it's kind of coming for full circle. But all they said was just don't get anything that can hurt you or you know anything like that and i was like i'm i'm not getting i'm not getting an anaconda i'm not getting a city cobra for for snake so you don't right. have to worry about that i uh i always love though you know i try not to say how many i have i just say i own snakes because you know i don't think i have a lot i have probably 30 something which is not that many especially if you're eric but like it's <laughs> a lot to me you it's a lot to you because you only have five but like or four and so you could go tell people you have four and that will still oh, freak them out like, that still freaks people yeah. out they go Oh, I love my favorite. Well, I'm not coming to your house. And my answer was, you weren't invited. No. I know that's the best. It's just like I, I like, and people will say that, and you haven't even you're not even on a fir- uh, first no, name basis with yeah. this person. I just I don't fucking know you at all. I don't even know your name. And it's like, oh, I won't come over. It's like, well, okay. Like, I uh, you know. <laughs> I was reading some of the comments from our our people on Facebook. Uh, William Philippek, if I messed up your name, I apologize. Said keeping and breeding reptiles got my parents into reptiles, and now they have their own, which I think is cool. It, it's cool. the opposite of what Eric did. It's <laughs> he got yeah. his parents into them. Um, and there were some cool ones. Uh, Derek Dyster said my parents think it's cool, but that I have too many. I, I get that. I've had that one. Uh, his girlfriend's supportive, and some of his coworkers think it's interesting but weird. I get that a lot. Um, you know, I bring snakes into my school, and my principal is afraid of them um i've got an assistant principal who's afraid of them but they still are okay with me bringing them into school for class and doing stuff like that which is pretty cool Um, but i'm also one of those that i've never wanted to use a snake to scare someone there's so many that are like hey bring this over here and scare so-and-so no i'm not doing that defeats the purpose of what i'm trying to do i don't want to scare them um you know my wife when we first met she was afraid of snakes uh, and at the time, I had my rainbow boa, who was an adult, and I had a baby red uh, red tail and, and a couple of baby doomerals that I don't have anymore. But uh, she was actually more afraid of the smaller ones than the larger rainbow boa. Um, she obviously has gotten over that now. I mean, she's she's good now. <laughs> right. Um, so I always tell folks, like, if they have snakes and they have a significant other who just refuses to get over it, I'm like, well, that doesn't need to be your significant other. I was like, you need to move on. If they, if they can't accept the snakes, they're not going to accept them. I was like. Right. Yeah. Because, like I said, it's part of us. If you can't accept that I own a snake, you you can't accept me. That that's that's me. <laughs> and it's not like I don't know. It's it's hard for people to understand. Yeah, I mean, between doing podcasts and reading and taking care of you know snakes that I have, and you know going halfway around the world and looking for snakes, and you know. I don't know. I just, I, it's like 24 seven for me, you know, mm. it's it just, it, I don't know. It's just what, <laughs> I don't know how to explain well, it. I mean, look, no, I... look at your friends list on Facebook right now. And the percentage that are reptile related or you met because of reptiles is probably like the rest of it. It's probably like 90 something percent reptile related people. 
I mean, I've made yeah. friends because of what I do, and friends that I like. I know Carly and I've talked about this before. She and I would not be friends had this not brought us together, and I'm so glad it has because now right. we are. Sure. And and where we couldn't be more different than each other, but this one thing, this one thing we had in common, brought us together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like you, uh, you know, <laughs> we used to joke back in like me and Zach Baez are kind of like that. You know, we we are kind of like very opposite but at the same time we i don't know we just have a you know a friendship there that probably if we saw each other you know at a bar or on the street or whatever you'd be like look at that old dude and i'd be like that young kid that goddamn millennial or whatever you know what i mean Oh yeah, I mean, I I probably still do. But if James and I met in any other context, he would probably just be like, "Oh my God, like sweet Jesus, like this girl is too much." <laughs> but um, but you know, it's a uh, we, you know, it's it is the way it is now because of who we are. I often wonder if me and Owen would be friends <laughs> if it wasn't for snakes, you know? Because we're such close friends now. I wonder. I can't. You know, he knows shit about me, and I know shit about him that you know. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just yeah, like, yeah. yeah, it's like one of those things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's that's the same thing. I was like, if if you really like this hobby, you get into it, and there are people that will not follow you and still be your friend and follow you into this journey with you. They don't have to own a snake; they just have to be your friend. And there's people that won't yeah. do that. Trust me, there's plenty of people in the hobby that will do that. I was right. like, and you will find lifelong friends from that shared interest. I mean, yeah, when. when when I first started getting back into snakes, it was like trying to find which direction I wanted to go. And, and, you know, getting into Morelia was kind of like the people were so awesome, you know, and that's sort of what just facilitated carpet fest. And it's like, man, these people are so cool. I want to hang out with them. Come on over. Let's hang out. Yeah. <laughs> and the next thing you know, now it's like all around the world, whatever you want to say, but it, you know, that's where it started from just because the people were awesome. They just were yeah. genuinely good people and we accepted each other's differences but at the same time celebrated everything that we loved about like what we had in common you know so yeah that whole carpet carpet fest thing is it's got to be weird for you just like england (laughs) and now australia and all four corners of the united states (laughs) yeah you were just sitting around hanging out going hey we should just hang out this weekend and now people are doing it on a regular basis yeah it was like uh so I'm the guy with all the ideas and Owen's the guy that shuts me down and sort of filters certain ideas through, you know? So it'll be, you know, I would tell him like, I remember back in, we were talking about the other day, like, uh, let's, I was like, Oh, let's start a magazine about Morelia. That's dumb. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, you know, and now Justin Smith has got a magazine. I said, I told you, <laughs> you know, and it was carpet fest. I'm like, you know, we're always talking on the computer, but, you know, we go to shows, we hang out. It's so cool when we hang out, but you're at a show, so it's so hard to, you know, to want to, you don't want to bother somebody when they're trying to sell something, but but you do want to talk to them, you know what I mean? You're like, you're like on their every word, you know? I can't tell you how many times I stood in front of Jason Bell and Stable just like, what's up, Jason? You know? <laughs> <laughs> the carpets are cool, man. <laughs> Just like that, too. Just, what's up? Yeah, what's up, man? I, I promise I'm not weird. 
<laughs> if, um, if you guys hear me softly whisper fuck, it's because it's lagging again. So I apologize if... You're fine. Yeah. You're not lagging well, you Just You look, sit there and, and smile. It's fine. I'm about to give you a break because I'm about to call in... Uh, I'm going to call oh, yeah. in Owen. I'm calling in Owen for a uh, for a special game. And for anybody listening, uh, as I'm waiting for him to join, if he ever looks at the message I sent him, uh, he doesn't know why he's being called in. Uh, he's going to play a fun game with us. And so we'll wait for him to join. I'll cut out oh, all this stuff right great. here. But yes, it's going to, it's, <laughs> it's going to be. So did, did you have to work today, Eric? I did. Oh, yeah, yes. me too. Yeah. There's, looks like Owen's joining in. See, he's joined. He doesn't like his video uh, on. Never. Never. <laughs> <laughs> Never on. I want to see that sexy ginger beard, man. No. Come on. Heated it up. Hey, Why hey. are you following me around everywhere? I had to stop. <laughs> told me to be here. I struggled to get Carly on video. You can be on video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so I was having on, and I actually Joe had this idea. You're wearing a do rag. I mean, what if I <laughs> dude leave me, <laughs> Owen? No, I don't know. You don't understand this. This question's right now. Wait. My hair is so long. My hair grows so fast, right? Yeah, yeah. I think, I know you made accusations about the picture. By the way, for the Uh, record, the reason that I had the picture with me with a mullet is because I'm standing next to Eddie Van Halen. It's not like I just decided to (laughs) take a picture of me rocking a mullet. Look at me. (laughs) You do you. It's fine. But it's so long, man. I can't stand it. You do do look like an 80s rock star who just doesn't want everybody to know he's going bald. I mean, you you kind of have a Steve Van Zandt on there. There you go. Oh, my God. Oh, dear Lord. Put it back. It's too long. <laughs> oh, it's, I'm terrified. I'm frightened. Uh, this is why we don't have video in ours. This is like we can't see each other. Yeah. Oh, Carly's dying over there. <laughs> oh, my God. Car- yep. Oh, yep. Man. I've sufficiently killed one host. So now. <laughs> what the hell am I going to do? this going forward, my Owen. Plan, plan perfectly. Excellent. Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, we're good. All right. So, back to why I pulled you on here, because this this is Eric's episode, Owen. I'm not letting you take over. It is. Episode. Why the hell am I here? Because, yeah. because we want to make fun of you. But uh, in, of in, a fun, in a fun, happy way. So, I had uh-huh. an idea for a game to play on here. Uh, <laughs> when I was in New Orleans at, at the Herb's Reptile Show in New Orleans, Joe was down there, and he suggested you, and I thought that was perfect. The game is, which one is not a ball python morph? <laughs> I'm going to give you a ball python morph combination. So I can thank Joe for this. Oh, good. <laughs> and okay. You, you've got to tell me which yeah. one is not an actual ball python morph. All right. Without Googling. Don't be Googling anything. I, uh, you, yeah, all right. All right. Here, all right. Here's the first one. Go for it. Monarch, Goblin, Thor, Marvel, Pied. Wait, which one is not? Which one is not? Right, it was Monarch. You gave me too many options here. So. Monarch, <laughs> yeah. Goblin, Thor, Marvel, Pied. I'm going to say Thor. What do you think, Eric? I'm, I'm going to drag you in here. I think I'm going to go Thor. It was yeah, Thor. Ball, yeah, I have to say, ball Python people are going to name it. They've already named Stormtrooper. They they love naming ball pythons after other animals, so Monarch had to happen. I, I, so, I you know, Yeah. 
I got a bone to pick with whoever named um, Amorph Wilma. Okay, like what? Thank you. Like Thank I, you. I, I, I can't fathom why. Like, oh, I'm gonna name this one after another snake. That one looks great. It didn't even look like a Wilma. It's a huge Wilma. Right? Yeah. But no. Hi. Yeah. How is the gene hidden? How is it hidden? It's there. I don't like the gene. It's not hidden. It's right there. You can't see it. <laughs> oh, I like this game. Right, here, we yeah. here we go. Trojan, Disco, Habanero, <laughs> Melt, Spider. Trojan, Disco, Habanero, Melt, Spider. Melt. What do you think, Eric? If that is an if it is a morph, you're an idiot for naming it. I'm gonna melt. say habanero. <laughs> it's oh. habanero. Are you serious? I know. <laughs> what the hell is milk? Two for two, bro. <laughs> Why would you name it milk? It's like I I've come out with a new carpet morph. It's called moist. What the <laughs> hell is wrong with you? No, can you imagine like someone like picking up like moist. like oh yes, like I shall melt. name it melt. <laughs> like I don't understand. Like was it was it was it some. Is there a ball python morph named Tuna and Cheddar, and you cross them together and get a melt? Like I don't understand. Well, if anybody argues with these names, I found them on Morph Market and World of Ball Python. So I, I cross because I did have a list of names that were not names that I thought were not names, and I had to go back and cross reference them, and four of those had to come off because they were actually names. God damn it! I Wait, know. and you? I I want to know what those were. Yeah, didn't you? Uh, like, didn't you say one was... I'm gonna fuck it. No, I'm not gonna ask. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do it. You got to. I was gonna say, because he and I, um, me and James were on for a few minutes before we got you guys on, and um, he was telling me some of them, and I was just like, are you fucking... Like, um, but like, one wasn't was one mud. of them... No, wasn't one of them tuna, too? <laughs> or maybe... I don't know. Because I thought you said you're like... Yeah. Oh, no, I know. Yeah, no. Alright, here goes. Wookie. Jedi. Dark side. Solo, banana. Mm. Well, does the banana really work? I yeah. Mean, yeah. Is that really a more for more of a death sentence? But um, <laughs> um, I can't remember them now. Wookies, Jedi, Dark Side, Solo, banana. I want to say Dark Side because, but that's only because of like, you know. Dark side should be ours, goddammit. So, um... Yeah, but, there, like, there, there's a whole kick with naming them after Star Wars crap right now because of the Stormtrooper. Um, that would be the point of this question. That is the point of this question. So, uh, I'm gonna say Dark Side. Alright, what do you think, Eric? I think Solo. It's Solo. Damn, Eric, Eric is a Paul Python morph. He is, secretly. There's a whole other room. That, he, that nobody knows about, which is quiet. You, <laughs> sorry, I'm feeling too much. So, so far, you are one for three, Owen. Yeah, well, uh, we knew this was going to happen this way. I mean, if I had come in here and killed it, I would have just quit NPR altogether. But you know, here's, here's the last one for you. Ready? Nanny, Rainbow, Yellowtail, Blitz, Sugar. Again, I just want to be like, if you named your morph Nanny, what is wrong with you? I know, the Nanny morph. Like, so, why? Why? Hold on, let, let Owen 
Owen, do this one first. Let, let Owen rage. For, this is how the NPR. This is how NPR works. Eric, let me let me rage for about five minutes, and then he goes, "Well, get it maybe. out. Yeah, just <laughs> let it out. Let it happen." So you, again, you had Nanny, Rainbow, Yellowtail, Blitz, and Sugar. I know Sugar. I want to say Yellowtail makes sense because they name shit like you know all the time. Uh, I'm gonna say Nanny again because it's just it's stupid. <laughs> so, Eric, which one is it? What? Let's go to hell. <laughs> I'm gonna say Yellowtail. It is Yellowtail. Damn! Oh, damn it! Loser. No, I'm not. I'm Nanny. <laughs> Uh, I, I had a I, so I went through the list. I was trying to find the dumbest ones that were actual names. Some of the ones I didn't put on there: confusion, acid, Wait. adder, asphalt, uh, adder, adder, Huffman, uh, rain, uh, sauce, shrapnel. Yeah, so those are some of the ones I didn't put on there. It's just they're all just dumb. They're really, really dumb. Yes. Paul Pine is listening to us right now. No, I've got four of those nannies in my room, and they're amazing. Well, I don't care if you th- they can look spectacular. The name is dumb. I've got, I've got a nanny. I've got a nanny milk disco. I'll sell you right now. Sweet. That I don't understand what you just said. You know, I'm kind of glad Owen that the carpet python people only name it what it actually is, like caramel, exantic, or you know what I mean. I used to think like we got to come up with some catchy names, no, no, no. but now that I hear these names, I'm like, mm, I'm yeah. But if you go back into carpet history, it, I'm gonna let Eric's uh, eyes glaze over here little bit because i'm going to be like do you remember tuna first of all it's not yeah. tuna it's bumblebee tuna bumblebee get it right i'm sorry bumblebee tuna bumblebee tuna and bumblebee tuna too that was tuna too god you can't get anything right i don't give a damn it was stupid oh and do you remember them i do remember that they were dumb names for what were they diamond coastal crosses i actually have animals from that lineage they're dumb. <laughs> and they're dumb it is a dumb name i will give you Thank that i don't you. know how a carpet looked like bumblebee tuna but i don't understand oh. that either <laughs> like and just call it what it is it's like just to say it well that's how i used to feel like uh i was so happy when i, when I was really doing boas boa morphs used to always be what it is and then now you're getting so many that are are multiple morphs and some people are starting to name it it's starting to get a little. It's not as bad as ball pythons, but it's starting to get a little ball pythony in the names. I used right. to appreciate stripe. Okay, I've got that. It's got a stripe. We're good. Albino. It's albino. We're good. But right. now when you start giving it non-color or descriptive names, it gets confusing. I, I'm just um, if if my ruffies hatch with stripes on them, I'm just going to call them the sneaker rough scale because I'm looking at a pair of sneakers right now. So now I've decided it can't be a striped rough scale because that makes too much sense. I'm going to think of something so outlandishly stupid and then just call it that for the rest of our lives. And you'll all have to join me. You'll have to just call it, call You're the quite name. angry on this Sunday. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I do this on other people's shows. It's the yeah, he's an Annie Melt Ruffy. Yeah. Yep. Now I feel dirty. I'm going to take a shower. <laughs> you soiled it. I'm wrong. It's wrong. It's destroyed. Oh. Well, thank you for joining us for this fun game. And uh, I'm not going to lie, it may happen again at some point because 
Lose my number. Don't do this. Don't do this. <laughs> I will not be your recurring segment on your Next show. You should do retake morphs. Well, so we may just change species and start doing yes, retake morphs. Oh, um, I, it's funny you mentioned that. I was looking up. I found the the cards for my retakes that I have downstairs. I didn't know they were at snow. The hell? So yeah, now I got that going for me. So fancy. <laughs> what is snow in retakes again? Because I think it's the same for all species, but bull snake. Snow is white. No, thank you. But yeah, <laughs> isn't it um uh white anery and albino? Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. That's how you get white so. if you remove color. You gotta remove black <laughs> and red and yellow. And you're left with white. Yeah, but okay, so I have a pied. So they're het pieds and they're pet snows. What the hell are they gonna like how am I gonna tell the snow pieds from the other? Like it's you couldn't I don't think you can. If it's it, gonna be white, right? I, it's I, gonna I, be like I don't if they're well, I don't know because like snow and boas, they still have pattern. True. So they probably still have pattern in retics. It's just going to be Yeah. Okay. We'll see. I don't know. We'll oh, figure it out. Evil morph cool. god, you. What? You evil morph god, you. I'm not using yeah. <laughs> the retics to the carpets. I'm just doing that over there. It's fine. You're not a full retic breeder until you're scooping it out of the egg, bro. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. I mean, I. Can't. I can't wear my tight double tap t-shirt and my hat with a straight brim. No, and please don't. And then you, <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. you finger fuck that egg until the baby yeah, comes out. Yeah, rip that baby out and spike <laughs> it on the ground and be like, that's a new morph. Like, <laughs> it's, it's the splatter oh, no. morph as it hits the, the splatter morph. I'm going to call it that. Yeah. So, all right. Well, you can have fun with your little episode and then uh, make sure Eric hits record on this one so that you don't have to re-redo it. Yeah, when, sorry you know, about that. Yeah, you should be. <laughs> waste my goddamn day again. <laughs> All he does is wine, man. I know. I'm like, no, I only want to talk to you once per week. If hey, we have to hey, do twelve, hey, it's like, are you going to join the British guys for good? <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't afford me. <laughs> yeah, you are high maintenance. Man. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, go away, well, Owen. Enjoy. I'm leaving. Goodbye. <laughs> See you. Dear, oh dear. Oh, <laughs> dear. Well, that was a fun game. I enjoyed that one. Yeah, that was fun. It was fun, but little I could actually hear of it and interact with. But we yeah. get it. You're lagging. You'll be okay. It sucks. It sucks. All right. So the, the, the one more thing I'll talk about off our Facebook page was I did post a blank meme uh, earlier this week. Oh my god! And uh, our buddy Ryan Cox well, did a million of them, and I can't go through all of them. Well, you talk about this, I'm going to pee? go. Yes. Yeah, go figure. All right, so Ryan did, uh, so it's the meme, if you, everybody's seen it. It's the one where the guy's holding the hands of the chick, and he's walking, and he's looking back at the other girl, uh, thinking he'd want to be with her. Well, one, he has, uh, it's me with my $1,200 Rona check. That's the guy. And then talking right. about new cages and thermostats, that's the girl he's with. And the other girl is Morph Market. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling a lot of people are going to get some morph market purchases in the next week or two. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Do you think do you think snake sales for this year were going to be good or bad? I don't know. I think the fact that the government gave people money is going to help. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Granted, people should not be buying snakes with that money, but it will help them. <laughs> yeah, they will. Um, I don't know. I mean, usually when a recession happens, luxury items tend to take a dip. And we are, I mean, animals are a luxury item. Um, But it's hard for me to say because 
I'm at a house where neither one of us really had our money affected. We're both teachers, so we right. both still Me got too. paid, and I never had to suffer through how am I going to pay the rent this month. Um, so and, yeah. and if what we're doing with our, our coronavirus checks is getting money for a down payment to buy a house. Okay. So we're being responsible adults and actually going to buy a house with our corona money. But there's going to be a lot of people that are going to blow it on. I guarantee this week Walmart sold a bunch of TVs. I mean, Probably. it's just like a tax return check for some people. And so especially since sure. some people got 500 bucks for every kid and they, they've got several of them. They got a bigger TV. Right. <laughs> so I don't know. It, I don't. I honestly don't know how the entire economy. I'm very interested in how the entire economy is going to have to finish out this year. I don't. Once yeah. we start going back out, it's, it's going to be weird. I, mean, yeah. I know you. You are doing fine because you're one of the few businesses that are open, and people have to come buy food. Like it's and toilet paper. Yeah, toilet paper slowed down. They don't. They don't seem to like it as much anymore. People realize. That, <laughs> people realize that coughing doesn't make you shit yourself. Is that what? The, yeah, I, I do not understand that. But yeah, sure. <laughs> um. Oh, try. Uh, I wanted to say, Carlos, you're back. Another one of the memes. The one that was from Brendan Fusella. It took me a second to get it, and then I remember it was from our previous podcast. Uh, you can tell in the last two podcasts or so, you may hear the word um quite a bit because i'm teaching carly an important life lesson she's gonna have to edit herself i'm not editing her ums out they're in the podcast now wait i thought you said the last two podcasts oh oh i get okay continue it's okay it's the blonde hair uh so the guy so in the picture the guy that's carly um and then i said um and then he's holding hands where it says my liver and the girl walked by his um because remember if you remember the drinking game was every time you heard carly say um take a drink and then about halfway through, we said, stop that because you may die. That's that's a bad idea. So make sure if you're drinking, it's not with hard liquor. Don't do that. That's a bad idea. You do this game with water. <laughs> there you go. It's a cleanse. It'll wash you right out. You'll Yes. Bikini season coming up, guys. <laughs> and Florida's reopening those beaches so you can go wear your bikini and get Corona. Enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, right. So that was that was stuff on our Facebook page and our fun game. with Oh, and so. Now I also want to talk about YouTube. I did link a couple of YouTube videos that I wanted to talk about. Um, one I think was actually suggested by Cox, um, and, and I had thought about it too, which was from Jason's Exotic Reptiles. It was the cost of owning a reptile was the video, and just the topic alone I thought was very important um, mm-hmm. because I don't think you know as much as we want people to get into this hobby and, and enjoy keeping our animals, we are on that that part of the group of animals that are. In many people's minds, uh, I don't want to say disposable, but disposable or should be cheap in their mind. To them, the biggest cost should be buying the animal, and that's it. Whereas when you think about a dog person, a real dog person, they know they're buying a pet for the life of that pet, and they're going to love that animal, and it's going to be a family pet. But for most people, when they buy a ball python, well, I spent the $80, $120 on it. That's Everything else should be cheap. Um, And so in... This video, he talks about some of the costs. And so I want to talk about some of the costs of owning reptiles. And we know the basic ones, an enclosure. And that can be cheap. That can be expensive. We all know that you can keep them in a plastic tub fairly cheaply and still do it correctly. And you can build a giant extravagant cage and cost a lot of money. So that's really a – it takes a couple things. It depends on what, what kind of animal are you getting. Certain animals are going to need a more expensive enclosure. Um, and then how much are you willing to put into it? That's, so that's kind of one of those costs that fluctuates. 
I really like his videos. Do you, do you guys watch his videos or? I do. I watch some of them. That was a good one. I mean, he does boas, so I do watch several of them because a lot of the stuff centers around boas, and there's not a lot of boa folks online. It's weird that you sent that video because I just stumbled upon him because we just did a show with Travis Johnson, and towards the end of it, we were talking about his locality boas, and you know, one of the funny things that came up is like, and you guys will probably experience this as you talk to more and more people. They get excited about a species that you're working, they're working with, and then you're like, oh well, let me dive down the rabbit hole in that, and then you're like, oh my god, check this out, check this out, you know, and, you know, you're getting a book about them, and the next thing you know, you're watching YouTube's about them. And I saw him, t- I, I stumbled upon him because I looked up boas on YouTube, and then you said that other video, so I was like, oh okay, so and, yeah. and anybody that listens to Owen. He doesn't know what he's talking about when he badmouths boas. He owned one boa species, and he thinks they all suck because one boa species didn't do what he wanted. It wasn't a carpet python. <laughs> boas are great pets. Um, Absolutely. Uh, localities are interesting. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of localities. I am. I would like to be more of a I love locality specific stuff, but I don't. I like pretty colors. Um, mm. And so I like my sun glow boas and my bright albino sand boas. But I get the idea, and some of those locality boas do deserve, I think, more people to look at them. Because, one, they stay small. They're, they're pretty small snakes compared to, like, even a Colombian or one of the true red tails. Um, right. And then you get into, like, my fa- I do say my favorite locality boa, though, is Hog Islands. I, I do like Hog Island boas. Uh, they right. have that natural hypomelanistic look to them. They're oh, orange. Who doesn't like Hog Islands, though? They they're freckles all over them. Oh, my God. They're, they're breathtaking. They're, they're pretty. Yeah. And like I said before on the previous podcast, though, they change colors and they will always look ugly when you want to show them to somebody. Always. 100%. <laughs> they will look amazing all day long until you go, hey, come look at this. And then they're going to look like shit. So, but uh, I did like, so going back to the cost of owning stuff, uh, they're the basic thing. Caging, feeding. He talked about feeding and, 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 uh oh, did we lose Eric? No. Oh, there. Oh. That was weird. Sorry, I hit the <laughs> button in it. The video. We talked about uh, feeding, and we do know the feeding cost, and that fluctuates. You know, I know someone like Eric who puts his animals through a feeding cycle. Your feeding isn't going to be as much as someone who's feeding all year long. Uh, right. There's, there's a whole section of the year where you're like, all right, guys, enjoy. I'll feed you in a few months. <laughs> That's a nice time of the year, yeah. <laughs> um, I, and I wish I could enjoy that. I don't put any of my stuff through any cycle, so I'm, I'm feeding all year. Although I also feed kind of on the whenever I want to feed cycle, so it's – it may be two weeks. It may be three weeks. And it's more. I don't do the every ten days. It has to have a meal. Um, but if you do that, that's a cost that has to be. That I think a lot of people overlook some of those when they go to the pet store and they buy a corn snake. They overlook some of those costs, especially if you're going to buy one corn snake and that's all you own. Then you're probably going to buy your frozen rodents from PetSmart Petco, and it's going to be expensive. And it's not a knock. I don't think on the big box retailers as much as people want to knock big box retailers. It's just if you want to buy frozen rodents at a big box retailer, you're going to pay for it. It's it is what it is, right? Um, you know, but other costs in there uh, that I think people always overlook, especially with snakes, are thermostats. People don't tend to think, or they're not told they need a thermostat. And that's uh, we've talked about it before. I think that's probably if you're going to own a snake, the most important purchase you make, I think, is the thermostat. Because without it, you're either a not going to you have no idea what your temperature is, and, and B, probably burn the crap out of your animal and kill them. So I think a good thermostat, or just a decent thermostat, or a thermostat in general, is, is right. a good thing to have. 
I see right. some people that just stick a, a, a heat pad onto the tank and then plug it in. I'm like, no, don't do that. That's not how those are designed. Right. Um, and then another cost, the reason this one kind of hit close to me is uh, this week I'm actually going to take my bow constrictor uh, to have surgery. And that's going to be like a five to $800 surgery. Oh, you're going to do it. Yeah, thankfully, that's stimulus. There's, there's my stimulus check. I'm going to use part of that for the I was, surgery. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, and, and I will say, that's a cost that, had this check not come in, I, I probably wouldn't have done it. And uh, I know people are going to go, well, then you shouldn't own the snake. Tough shit. I own it. Go to hell. But, uh, that I mean, that stuff happens. I mean, we... We own these animals not expecting to have to pay five or 600 bucks to fix them. And I know that it's a possibility to happen. Um, but you all talked about it a little bit on your last podcast. It, you kind of have to weigh out what you're going to do. Do, mm-hmm. do you pay 500 bucks to have it fixed or do you put it in the freezer? And as heartless as that sounds, I, it is, it is uh, an option. I don't like, so I, I, I've been thinking about that a little bit too, just because um, you've been, uh, you know, sharing pictures on our group chat or whatever. Uh, there's a group chat that we have, Eric, with, like, me and James and, and Joe and Ryan and stuff. And, right. um, and uh, like, that thing is big. And I was thinking, you know, you were, like, kind of going back and forth about, you know, whether what is right for you yeah. for your situation and your animal. And, like, um, you know, I was – Nick? Oh, my God. Nick just rolled over on the floor and I thought he was fucking dead. Oh, look, a butterfly. Oh, my God. Like, well, he just, like, he was on the couch and he just rolled over. And I was just like, I might need to perform mouth to mouth here. Um, but, we, we don't want to watch that on this camera. I'm going to need you. I wouldn't want to watch that. Um, but, uh, um, oh, and I was thinking about um, the conversation we had with Riley, how, you know, if you have that credit card or that money saved away in case something like this happens, but you you hesitate because, you know, well, what if something else happens right after this? But, like, honestly... Like, I was thinking, I was like, what else is that money for? You know, like, that's that's what it's there for. If you don't want to, like, blow your load on, like, an animal who really needs medical attention. It's it's in your care and, like. But see, the problem is, I think the majority kind of fall in the same boat as me is there's a lot of folks that are living paycheck to paycheck. And I can live paycheck to paycheck and still provide for my animals at the rate I'm doing. But when one month comes along and an animal needs a $500 surgery that's a lot harder. You know, and I think as much as I think I would like to say everybody should take their animal to the vet and have them saved. Uh, what if you got to buy food for the rest of the animals? And now you can't buy food for the rest of the animals because you got a surgery on this animal. And so, so not everybody suffers. Like, I, it's, it's a weird situation. Um, yeah. And I mean, well, people suffer from that all the time. I mean, there's people all the time that don't go to the doctor because they can't afford it. Sure. And people have it with dogs as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, dog surgery sometimes is like you know and i would venture to think that you're probably closer with your dog than you are your snake you know and like you have to make that tough call um i kind of do i think you said riley does you know i have a credit card that's just for that you know <clears throat> so if i need to i will but i'm lucky because i have an awesome vet and like i can call him up say hey I'm having this situation and he'll say, come in or he'll say, don't come in, you know? Mm-hmm. So See, and I don't really have a, a, a reptile vet around here. I'm actually have to go to Louisiana state university down to LSU mm-hmm. Tuesday for theirs. So right. It's going to cost a little bit to go there, but the worst part is how, the whole, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, how, how far is it? Uh, two hours. 
Uh, Dude, are you okay? You perfect. I'm perfect. Well, I'm I'm drinking soda. <laughs> okay. Got but, uh, what? Uh, the problem is going to be with the damn coronavirus. So I can drop the snake off. They'll come out to the car. They're going to get it from me. And then right. what the hell do I do for the next five hours or whatever in Baton Rouge when I can't go anywhere? So I'm going to be sitting in my car for several hours in Baton Rouge on Tuesday. So, oh, damn, wow. Damn virus. Better bring a book. That involves mm-hmm. reading, and I don't really know if I want, want to read yet. <laughs> oh, my God. Reading, reading, my reading is Carly's thing. thing. I leave Carly's It's my to read. favorite thing ever. I just ordered um, a couple more um, of, like, the complete books in the series. I got the complete Subak, and I forgot I ordered um, the complete Carpet Python, like, a month ago, and it just showed up, and I was like, shit, I forgot I ordered you. <laughs> um, and then nice. I ordered... I ordered um, uh, the invisible art. So I'm so excited. I oh, love that's a great one. Yes, I that's love a really reading. good one. Yeah, yeah. I I've been meaning to like order it, but I have like a huge list of books, and I I kind of want to go down the list instead of like. But I don't know. I love reading so much. <laughs> I have two huge bookshelves, right? With full yeah. of reptile books. And Owen makes fun of me because, you know, he says, like, you know, I go and have all this files of carpet python street. But I have <laughs> just carpet python books, you know. I have, like, tons of tons of books on, I don't know. It's like my other collection addiction, you know. Like, so that and- that whole collect- – I think that's one thing that most of us share is the addiction of collecting stuff. And it made me think – you made fun of Owen for getting isopods, but I'm looking right now at like ten containers of different species of isopods that I have. Because <laughs> oh no, you do! I don't, I don't, I don't even do bioactive cages. I don't have a single animal in a bioactive cage. I was just like, these are fun to collect, and I collected them. So now I have them, and they're reproducing, and I'm going to be selling them. But, but they're they're cool, and they're not insects, by the way. They are crustaceans. Okay, they are not insects, but they're cool. So. I heard that. And I was like, oh, "That's funny." I've got like eight <laughs> James, I was going to tell you too. Um, in my untimely death, uh, all my reptile books go because we were talking about too. Like, where do your reptiles go if something happens to you? All my reptile books go to Joe. You can't touch them; they're hers. So <laughs> I can give them. That's well, his daughter. When she says Joe, she means my daughter and not Joe. No. Failing that. No, yeah, like oh. his daughter. <laughs> she would enjoy that. Nice. Um. So yeah. So that one video was cost, and like I said, we've talked about costs before. I just think there's, um, there are costs that come up that you don't make plans for, um, and there's costs that you do make plans for. I think, unfortunately, again, a lot of our animals in our hobby suffer because people try to go the cheapest route, and I'm, I'm not going to say I'm not guilty of that. Owning 30-something animals, sometimes you do have to try to find the most cost-effective way to still own 30 animals. And I know the other part of my brain says, well, maybe you shouldn't own 30 animals, but again, tough shit. I own them. Get over it. <laughs> and I'm going to own more. But right. So there, there's just there's there are costs, and I think that's one thing with any purchase, but especially when it's a living animal, people have got to take into into um, my brain went blank in consideration. So, yeah. um, other video I want to talk about was the one that Freedom Breeder put out, and I wanted your opinion on this one. They're unveiling a new rodent oven. Have you seen that? I saw that. I watched that video, and at first I thought it was to kill the rodent. And then it's like, <laughs> like it's a rodent the gas chamber. Rodent. <laughs> That's what I thought it was. I'm like, like oh Nazi, boy, this Nazi is Germany. Like, oh god. Oh. Where are your papers? <laughs> <laughs> Just rats walking one by one. Like, oh man! But um, it's all shot in black and white. I guess I don't. I don't know if I understand. I don't. 
I don't I think just leave mine sit out. <laughs> I don't feed on the level they feed either, I guess. But what's weird yeah. is they feed live. They talk about they feed live. So really that oven's not for them on a regular basis. Is it to heat up the warm rodents? Them, warm them up from frozen. But is it so is it to to thaw the rodent out or is it to have a heat signature on the rodent so when you go to feed it you get a better feeding response? I think it's yes to both. Okay. Well, that kind of makes sense. Which definitely can tell me that that, but... that, that is going to smell horrible. Just in case anybody's wondering what's warm rodents, warm, thawed <laughs> rodents smell like, it's not going to be good. No. Do you think it'll sell? Do you think people... It says, Fre- think... It says Freedom Breeder on it. it. It'll sell. Hey, um, wasn't it Freedom Breeder that came out with the Arboreal Racks and no one bought it? I mean... Did good they? boy. Right. I... Yeah. I... I don't, Fuck my, you, man. No. My whole thing is, why would you not just, like, I mean, granted, you couldn't do it for all year, but you could use an incubator for the year, parts of the year where you don't have eggs in it. An incubator would do the same thing, I would think. Yeah. I guess. Uh, yeah. I, it'll be interesting. I haven't watched the video yet. Um, it'll be interesting to, to see if it sells. I mean, I don't know. It's an interesting item. I don't, it's an interesting item that I don't know if we needed. I don't know. At what? How many animals do you need to own and feed on a regular basis to need that? Like, there's there's got to be a point because, like, I know I'm not at that point. Carly, you're definitely not at that point. Eric, I, I mean, you're feeding a lot, but I don't know. I think I but- have 350 snakes, and I wouldn't use that. No, yeah, because you know we we've gone over like your how you feed you know like and you've gone over it a a million times on your podcast too so i mean yeah i don't know i don't know maybe i just it was interesting because you don't see this i'm always interested in new uh products that come into the hobby every now and then um and there's certain ones you see and you go oh wow that's amazing can't believe anybody thought think of that there's ones where you go that's stupid as hell and then there's this one where i didn't know where to place it somewhere in between where i'm like it could be, I guess, for the right person, it's 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 necessary. But I've never. I guess, maybe, I guess maybe if you're if you're a large scale breeder and you're breeding a species that you know is very sensitive to a heat signature, yeah, then yeah, I, I guess it's a lot easier than like constantly going and filling up a deli cup with hot water and dipping it in the hot water right before you put it in or. Sticking it on your in, in your radiator in the room to like give it a give it a dose of heat. You know? I wonder if um like it, it makes me like I first thought maybe Justin Kobelka would. I mean I don't know people like you know him probably mm-hmm. use it. He probably use. It. I mean that's well maybe it is geared towards like a ball python because you know the the, like the thing is is that they always feed live because they won't take frozen ball maybe you know i'm thinking back to episodes of reptile radio when uh, marcus mandic was on there and the big thing that he said was that you have to heat up the rodents to get them to go i mean he has a huge ball python collection so maybe it's geared towards them maybe that's the the focus of something like that and i guess that would be smart because let's face it it's the biggest part of the reptile hobby oh yeah as far as snakes go you know so i just thought i saw it thought it was interesting yeah interesting like i said every now and then you see products where you're like i don't know you know like um carly you've seen my uh my display case for reptile shows the first time i saw yeah that's nice first time i saw that display case posted I thought it was amazing and I had to have it. Um, it's one, it's the, 
the displays are it folds up like a tackle box. It comes with a thermostat. It's got heat in it. It's got lights that power oh, yeah. off of it. Um, yeah. The first time I saw that, I was like, well, that's a game changer. I mean, no one's thought about doing that until this guy did it, and they're awesome. But then I know that many of us have seen things, like, you see them a lot of times in pet stores. We go, well, that's fucking stupid. Who the hell needs to spend <laughs> $20 on that? Right. But You know, you're talking about the cost of, uh, of, of keeping reptiles, and I remember it was the, the – First Southeast Carpet Fest, and I think it was me, Casey, Josh. We're in a there was a there was a pet there was a reptile store in this shopping mall, and right next to it was a fish store, like an aquatic store. Yeah, and we go into the aquatic store because we were just wasting time before it started, and you know we're looking at the price of these tanks, and we're like, holy shit! So me and Casey are talking, and he's like, yeah, man, you put a ten dollar fish in a three thousand dollar aquarium, you know? Yeah, I'm like, wow. It's like the total opposite of reptiles. You put a three thousand dollar animal in a five dollar tub. Yeah. Well, that's one reason I could never do saltwater because I, I would love to have a saltwater tank, but I know myself right. and I would want a three thousand dollar saltwater tank or more. And right. and I just that's a cost that I can't I can't wrap my brain around doing. Um, but then like when I worked at PetSmart for a short period, people were like, "Well, I can just get a regular tank, and put salt in it." I'm like, no, that's not how that works. That's not that's not how salt. It's not saltwater. <laughs> Just pour some salt, in there. some iodized salt in there. Just... Yeah. <laughs> well, and then okay, well. pepper for spice. Yeah, <laughs> spicy tank. Yeah, he does. These, does these, these, these fish are from Mexico, so we put a little yeah. cayenne in there. That's right. uh, Pow! <laughs> give it a little emerald bam. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then the last video I wanted to talk about was, and I know Carly, you like this person, was animals at home. Uh, animals at home he has a podcast and then he also mm-hmm. has the youtube channel i love his podcast he's doing a thing right now um i'll pull it up so i can read what's on there but it was trying to find the best reptile stores in north america um and he's got the video talks about a survey that he made uh that he wants people to give to these reptile stores have them fill it out send it back and he wants to put together a list of what are the best reptile stores in north america for people and um I don't, uh, I don't have a reptile store near me. It would be nice. And I definitely have been in somewhere. I'm like, holy shit, this place should be shut down. Uh, and then I've been into somewhere. I'm like, this is really cool. An entire store for reptiles. But the list, the, the, the one question on his survey that I thought was weird, I guess not weird, but because he wants the, the reptile store owners to fill this out and then send it to him. And then mm-hmm. if they meet his criteria, he'll add up to this list. Well, one was, do you sell imported animals? If so, what species and what is your reasoning for it? Well, he goes over that. I do. I I know he does. He does. And I do, but so he thinks that animals shouldn't be taken out of the wild. And I get that. But also you have someone like Eric on the other side who his animals, uh, his, the species he likes the most still gets imported. And I still feel that's necessary as well. And so like, I think Arian, well, Papua and carpet pythons, Still, I see things that come from Billy or things that Jake owns that are imports. I'm like, well, shit, that's not that's not a normal in the hobby right now. That that bloodline probably still needs to be brought in. So I think it's but that's, if, if he that's, does if he doesn't allow a store on the list because they still import some of the animals out of the wild. And because Irian guys aren't rare, we are breeding them in captivity. Because he said if it was a rare something, and he understood that. But like, I get it. If they're still importing green iguanas, that's fucking stupid. Um. But I've gotten more and more where I think imports are necessary in some cases. 
I think oh, with, yeah. uh, I think with like with the IJs, like you know, ten years from now, I would not, well for one, I think that you won't be able to import them. I yeah. think that's absolutely coming down the pike. Uh, that's only a matter of time. Um, but I think it's it's up to it's up to us now to sort of establish those bloodlines and, and, and work with as much diversity as we can. See, I guess when you're coming from the carpet python part of the hobby, genetic diversity is something that we struggle with. Yeah, because you, you know? have an entire country that shut down. Correct. You know, and stuff does still trickle through. No, you know, that can't it be still true. comes through. And, you know, not to debunk that whole thing, it's, it's not always illegal. You know, it's not always smuggled. Uh, sometimes black uh, blue tongue skinks show up in the United States. Yeah, I, I'm not <laughs> saying that they're not. I'm just saying that a lot no, of times, yeah, like no, for, for my Darwin carpets, right? I have Saeed's paperwork for them. Yeah, you talked about that right. on uh, what was the one with Rob, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, so yeah, they're not illegal, but, um, I, you know, but at some point I wouldn't just bring, I think, I think the ball Python world overdoes it. Yes. And there's no I reason to import point, normal ball Python. I don't think there's any reason for them to import normals, but the problem is you've got an entire area of that country. That's their livelihood. It relies on that. Right. Yeah. So how do you, yeah, I mean, there's there's so much to that, and I understand probably why he's saying that because I think of my time at Tinley Park and being across from a certain uh, you know seller. It's nothing against you know Triple L or nothing, but like you see some of the animals on the table, and you just know that they're just you know you see a big green tree, you know it's wild caught. I mean, you know, I I don't know I. I'm just a big fan of voting with your dollar. You support the people that are doing things right, and the other people will go away. Well, because like I feel like if you're buying an imported animal from Dan Maleri and then turning around mm-hmm. and selling that in your shop, okay, I feel like yeah. Dan Dan's done it the right way. So I feel like anything imported from Dan to you to sell in your shop does not is not a negative mark against your shop. I think it's a positive mark. That's sure. the, that's the right way to go through importing. Correct. Yeah, Dan does a top-notch job. I mean, I've gotten many, many animals from him. They're always great. And I, and like I can the, say... Well, honestly, I love that he does the YouTube videos that shows that whole process because it really shines yeah. a light that that process is not nearly as shady as we all thought importing was or as it was sure. at one point, but he's doing it on the up and up. Yeah. Um, but on the same time, on the same side, there is a there is a, there is a bad side to it and... I don't know. I just don't understand why people continue to support people like that. Like there's a certain person that, you know, me and Owen and Keith and Matt and Rob, you know, we have a chat going on and this guy always comes up, but yet everybody, you know, and and when he's called out, he, he, he just bullies people. And I don't know, man, I'm I'm just like, how is this guy still around? I I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Um, and I don't like to talk about, you know, uh, things that I don't experience myself and I've gotten animals from them and they came in They're Well, basically all the ones I had are no longer here. So, and I'm not saying that that's necessarily all his fault. You know, that's sort of role of advice you get when you're getting imported animals. Um, but if you're not going to import animals, then say goodbye to scrub pythons, say goodbye to, 
you know, uh, you got some of those uh, other Indonesian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exist without imports. Sure. And 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 that you know, I think it's up to the hobby to sort. And 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 that's why I always say like you do what you love, and like because. If you do what you love, you're going to be excited about it. You'll probably have success with it. And, you know, you'll get people excited about it as well. Because there's other people out there that will enjoy what you're working with. Whether it's because you make them excited about it or because they, you know, I guess to a certain extent, you got to get their attention. But if they really like it, they're going to go. I mean, you say, I've heard you talk about it before. Like some people say Sambo's or, but you love Sambo's. And you're not, you're not, you don't deny that or pretend like you don't you know you know it, it's this thing like i think sometimes people think that they have to have a certain species to be legitimate and that's just yes. such bullshit you know you don't you do what you love and then you're going to be legitimate to you you know i don't know yeah Deep I, talk with eric here i don't know <laughs> i agree with you. i think i think um like i think carly should be able to go up to anybody in this hobby and be able to have a conversation with them but i know carly has felt intimidated sometimes going up to certain people because they are a bigger name and i've done the same thing when i was younger they are a bigger name they've been around longer they've done this but at the same time i don't think that their experience doesn't belittle how important you are to the hobby and so and so i think i still think the same time as someone who maybe never breeds but only owns them as pets is still worth talking to just as much as say justin kabilka who breeds a crap ton i almost dare to say that sometimes people that just keep may be more in tune with what that animal does on a day-to-day basis than people that breed. Because I think sometimes when you breed, that becomes your focus. And when you're focused on breeding, you're focused on feeding it, cleaning it, giving it water, and getting to breed. And then yeah. you move on. You're yeah. missing out well, like 90% of the animal's life. <laughs> breeders, and I, and I fall into this category a lot of times, we are so uh, – we, we make sure the animal has the bare minimum to survive. And I don't want that to sound like the bare minimum to survive and be unhappy because I feel like my, my Sambo is living in a tub are perfectly content as much as a Sambo it can be. But mm-hmm. we, we spend our time trying to figure out what is the bare minimum they need so they can go on to the next thing and make sure it has the bare minimum. Whereas Carly's got four snakes – and she knows what they do, and she knows how they act on a regular basis, and she goes and watches them. And so she can definitely tell me more about what her bull snake is doing than what my pine snake's doing. I don't – my pine snake's inside of a tub in, in the dark. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's – so going back to the video here, I do think people should go check out uh, this video on YouTube. If there is a reptile store near you that you like – get this survey, print it out, take it to them, see if they fill it out so you can send it in for them. I would like to see a list of good reptile stores in the United States because I'm one of those when I travel, I, I go to zoos and pet stores. Like, that's that's the two places right. where I go to a new town. I'd like to know where all of them are. Like, I went to, was it DFW? Uh, Reptarium. Reptarium. Uh, went there a couple of years ago. That was the first time I'd ever been there, and that was awesome to walk into a legit, straight-up, just reptile <laughs> pet store. Dude, I like um every time I go to the cities I always stop and patron um Twin Cities Reptiles because they are they're the I, Dave did a video on them and I was like, "Oh shit, I've been there." Um they're the <laughs> oldest reptile store. I didn't know that before I was like going in there. I just looked up reptile store in the Twin Cities and they're like I I I sent them in to 
because I was like, I think they need to be on this list because they're incredible. Every time I go in there, like their enclosures are incredible. The staff is always, they're just so good to you. They just take care of you. And and prior to DFW, the only other reptile store I'd ever been into was one that used to be in Tallahassee, Florida, and it was nasty. I mean, it was dark. It was mostly deli cups just stacked on shelves or really dirty tanks. And I mean, it had a shit ton of reptiles in it. It's the most, at that point, the most reptiles I'd ever seen in one place. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that's not a good reptile store. <laughs> so, like, that's <laughs> not the problem with that, that being open is that people walk into that place and they go, oh, this is how reptile people are. I'm like, no, it's not how we are. This is how this reptile person is. Right. And so, like, it's it's important to make sure that, again, going back to our hobby, we put the best foot forward. And that's not. Now, with that said, I have a female Samboa that I got from that store in 2000, like, four or five. I still have her. Um, sure. But, yeah, it, it was gross. Like, I, now that I think back to it, I'm like, oh, my God. I, I could not imagine now going in there, buying an animal and bringing it into my house. It would have to go into quarantine for months and months, which all my stuff does now. But back then, I was just like. I've got animals. Put them all together. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that I I would love to have a true reptile store, but I don't. I mean, I, I assume Dallas is probably the closest to me, and that's still five hours away, four hours away. Wow. Yeah. There's there's not many. And then uh, one thing I did want to talk about. Uh, so I wanted to mention since uh, Carly butchered his name on the last podcast. <laughs> do, do you know who I'm going to mention, Carly? Do you, do I do. Do you want to go ahead, go ahead and say his <laughs> no, name? I d- no, I don't. <laughs> old, old Graham Patterson? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, you make it, you make, no, no. What? I love when go I pulled up the NPR chat and I saw that. I was like, oh, that's hilarious. Go on, Carly. I talk to Warren Booth all the time. And the other day I was with, I was doing the, um, uh, reptile room podcast with riley and andy and i couldn't remember his name totally blank i'm like totally blank i'm like oh oh my god it's um 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 share no um oh. <laughs> anyone's more booth or you could yeah yeah i'm like well, god it. damn it he's so mad at me <laughs> it happens man yeah, like yeah. so i wanted to bring up uh because he put it on our, our our list of things for this week on on facebook graham Battison. Mm-hmm. Not Patterson, Patterson uh, is doing a series of people in herbs culture reading uh, like the first chapter of books that everybody should probably have in their reptile collection. Um, mm-hmm. The first one was Father Time or Dave Barker, who looks like Father Time, reading Snakes and Snake Hunting by Carl Caulfield, which I that's an old book. I, that'd be an interesting. I don't have that one. Um, what? I don't. You have, don't have. That I book? don't. I don't, oh I, don't spend, I don't spend I don't spend five hundred dollars on books. Shame. <laughs> Dude, Give them the bell and make them walk down the street. Shame. Shame. <laughs> there, there are, Shame. Lot, there are no, a lot of books but, I need to get that I don't that I don't have. I I don't think I expressed to anyone how excited I was in my own little like I was like vibrating. I was so excited to see that because books are my thing. Like instead of um accumulating animals i just i and i've always been a reader like i've always loved reading um like sci-fi and fantasy and and all all that stuff and then once i started to get into reptiles then it just it was such an easy transition and um so it like when he uh you know when he let everyone know like hey i'm gonna do this i was just like oh my god i'm so excited (laughs) because i i quit asking people like 
um, hey, do you have any book recommendations? Because everyone recommends the same thing, you know, like these are the holy grails. If, you know, if you're a snake keeper, you shouldn't have them. But right. <laughs> yeah. if you're a snake keeper and you read, and I have never hidden the fact that I despise reading. If, He's a teacher. It's if, weird. He's I a am teacher. a teacher of biology, which is the study of, of life. Like I go out and see living things. I don't, I don't want to read about them. Yeah. That's, I, okay. okay. I got a book for you. Hold on. I'm going to go to the bookshelf. <laughs> from, from the library of Eric <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, where is I do also say the second one he put out was Scott Iper doing uh, Song of the Snake by Eric Worrell. And if I messed up names there, just blame it on Carly. Um, <laughs> but I think I got it right. But it is interesting. They, they read the first chapter of the book, which kind of gives you an idea of if you want to hear it. It's kind of cool watching Dave Barker read the first chapter of, I mean, I'll, I'll, of anything, really. What's yeah. funny, I was like, Dave Barker could have read the first chapter of any Dave Barker book. That would have worked. I mean, Dave, yeah. Barker, Dave Barker's put out a ton of books. He could have just read any of his books, but no. All right, Eric is back with his book from his library. Actually, I got three. Oh. If you were into Australian snakes, this book right here. Australian Snakes by Alan Greer. It is the biology and evolution of Australian snakes. Okay, that's cool. I love anything with the evolution of Australia because it's a weird fucking country. Just that is a great book. The way that whole country has evolved, all those animals, all the native wildlife has evolved on that giant island is so weird to everywhere else. Here's another one of my favorites. How Snakes Work. By oh, that Harvey one's on my Lillibar. list too. Who's great book. Harvey Lillywhite. He gave a speech at he gave a presentation at ICAS and he was talking about how you know arboreal snakes um, how they're structured differently and how like you know you know how like when a giraffe has its, its long neck and they have to have you know because of the, the blood racing to their head and you know all that kind of stuff that, that's kind of what his talk was about. And then you don't see this one too often but it's called Hunter in the Trees, A Natural History of Arboreal Snakes. Ooh, I'm putting that one on my list. Richard, I don't know how to say his last name, Sadak. It's called Hunter. G-D-A-K. Hunter in the Trees, A Natural History of Arboreal Snakes. I mean, I've got several books, and I just, I just need to sit down and read them. Um, <laughs> what's funny is Do I've you never have, did... read Lizard King, but my wife has read Lizard King. What? I know. I, I, I know the idea behind it, and I did listen to part of the audiobook for a little while um, <laughs> on a trip to an expo, but I never finished it. Uh, but what's funny is my wife, and this was way early on in our relationship, she read it. And I've talked about it before, as she read it, she started to recognize names from when we had went to Daytona. And I was like, uh -huh. yes, those are people. That, those are them. <laughs> right. I just finished um, Adventures in Green Tree Python Country, and I, I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. And um, for someone who isn't into Green Tree Pythons, like I was just looking at my library the other day. You guys just froze, so I don't know if you can hear me. I yep. hear you. Oh, you can. Okay. Yeah. Um, and for someone who's not into Green Tree Pythons, I have a lot of books on Green Tree Pythons, so maybe it's a sign I need to <laughs> get some Green Tree green Pythons on the stick. But um, have, you, have you read that one, Eric? I did. Actually, believe it or not, this is probably going to take the rest of my life, but I'm working on a book similar to that, but about carpet pythons. So like a lot of people, all the, yeah, yeah, go figure. It's about carpet pythons, right? <laughs> but 
I wanted to do something different. And my travels to Australia, number one, there's so many great stories that happen. So that's part of it. But the other part of it is, is that a lot of people talk about these locality of carpet pythons and we see certain things in the hobby and, you know, oh, that's what a coastal looks like. Oh, that's what a jungle looks like. Oh, this is what a Darwin looks like. And when you go and see them in the wild, all bets are off. You know what I mean? So I want people to experience that and see that and, you know, um, put the story behind it. And that's I think what be, I'm working on. I think it would be interesting to see a book that shows the difference between natural selection, so what you see of whatever locality in the wild, versus sure. the artificial selection we've done here in America, breeding sure. what we think is that animal. You know, it always right. blows my mind when you see what people think are jungle. And I was – a jungle carpet python is yellow and black. But then when you look at people uh. jungle carpet pythons, they're not yellow and black. <laughs> Bitch, you thought. You would go there. Oh, but that's yeah. Cody. Some, some of them are. Yeah. Yeah. Cody, um, when I was uh, staying at Cody and Pia's uh, place for Carpet Fest, um, I was talking with Cody and he was saying he wants to write a book someday. Um excuse me about uh you know venomous and mambas and whatnot and um i love just from like an avid reader um uh-huh. i love i told him like if you do you have to do this and eric it'd be cool if you did too like um i love when books have book recommendations at the end like like um trump trump hours his books have that too like he has right. like at the, at the very last couple pages and you know mama bought all those books <laughs> you got, I, it's it's so cool because um if you really really enjoy that book um you know it's almost like the author saying like hey if you like this you will probably like this too and i'll be like i bet i will <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like his books too because it's kind of like uh it it, it captures that I don't know how to put it into words and, you know, but, and I know that everybody's not going to be able to get to Australia in their, in their lifetime, but God damn, is it a magical place, man? It is just like, I don't know, man. It's, 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 it's life changing, you know, because you go there and you're like things that you've seen on TV growing up, you know, like when you see Steve Irwin and, you know, it's just different when you're standing there and you're like, you know, and then when you see that snake, whatever the snake is that you love, you see it in the wild, you're like, is this real? Is that really there? <laughs> so, I mean, you know. Have you watched Dave and Brian's videos of them in Australia? I have, yeah. Has it been weird? Like, have you compared it to what you went through? Like, being able to watch what they go through and what you went through? So... It's actually kind of funny that like nobody found Owen Pellet pythons and then we went there. And then like <laughs> no, actually three groups of Americans oh, really? found Owen Pellet Pythons. Um Yes. You know what it is? When I went there, I relived and I could I could I know exactly what they were feeling when they were probably more Brian's video when they, you know, were jumping out of the car and just like, you know, oh my god, it's an Owen Pellet Python. Oh my god, you know. I mean, you know, the setup for us was like, you know, we were walking around and, you know, how I lost my phone and we ended up in this place and we weren't supposed to be here and da 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 da. And we're just walking. It was something different about the way that night felt. I, you know, it just felt different. It felt different. And I kept telling them as we were going, I said, guys, we we're going to find this snake. I know we are. I don't know how. I just know we are. Everybody's like, God, you're full of shit. No, that's bad. <laughs> so I'll never forget. We sat up on this on the rock, right, as the sun was coming down, which, again, is this beautiful thing. You're seeing the wallabies come out. You hear the, the sounds of nature happening, and you're just like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm in the middle of nowhere. There's nobody around for 
for for for miles and miles and miles and we're just like if, if we were this snake where would we be oh it should be up in the trees well, we haven't been looking up in the trees and then all of a sudden we changed our game plan and there we are and like when that snake started coming out we're like oh my god oh my god oh my god it's an umbrella we're like waiting for it to come out and just like ah you know we're hugging each other and like screaming at each other and, like we're dancing all around. <laughs> it's just like, oh man, the excitement is just nuts. And when I watched that video, I felt that feeling again. Yeah. You know? dude, dude, I'm getting hype. I'm like, shit, oh. dude, it needs to warm up right now. Oh my Go god. It was so <laughs> now was the so one awesome. the one y'all saw, I know it was up in a tree and it was in a way a ways away. Size wise compared to the one they found. How is probably about the same size? Yeah. Such a they're long huge. Snake. It's such a long snake. Oh my god, they're huge. Um and then, you know, we saw it, it was, it was up in the tree and we, we did see it and we saw it, you know, feeding on bats, which to me was much more awesome than finding it in a road yeah. for me. You know what I mean? It's like, you're actually watching what this thing does. You know, it's in the rock crevice. It comes out at night when it wants to feed, the temperatures drop because it's hot as hell. You know, and it's just up there. These bats are flying out of the caves at the same time. And, you know, you just, I think it was planet Earth or one of those where you saw, I think it was a children's python or something yeah. that was hanging in a, a outside of the cave. It was just like that. And you just like you're watching in real life planet Earth unfold before your eyes. You know, it's magical, man. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, man. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. Woo, I want to go back, and we didn't get to go. I know. It, <laughs> we're going back in October. Yeah, so. Good. Yeah, I know that hit right when y'all were planning on leaving. I was like, oh, that sucks. Two days before. <laughs> did you, so just out of curiosity, did you uh, end up getting a refund for your plane tickets, or did they say, like, oh, well, we will, um, we can also do a rain check uh, yeah 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 it was like a yeah. rain check. well oh, i knew okay. we were going so back so yeah. it was just a matter of you know. yeah yeah all right so i have run down my entire list carly do you have anything other than your animal anything else you wanted to add from this past week? i well i besides my animal of the week besides your animal of the week we'll get i have a wild card what's your wild card um so i wanted to uh talk about the um the Senate Bill 1414 and House Bill 777 um, in Florida. Um, I so like. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, like okay, so my um, my friend Paul messaged me and he's just like, we need to uh, talk more about these goings on in the, the reptile world because these things, like we can shoot the shit about uh, you know how we keep and and this, but the, like not that that isn't important, sure. but if we have people trying to take our the, our right to keep these animals away from us like i'd say that kind of trumps everything else for the yeah. moment um and at first i was kind of confused um and it, it, <laughs> i don't know uh, why i'm getting coll confused. collect yourself and then talk okay <laughs> i'm gonna find a way to give you an electric shock every time you say um or like or uh, 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 uh. you start putting a remix in there and you start talking <laughs> I don't know why I'm getting so nervous all of a sudden, but, um, so when, uh, I was, uh, in Florida for Kyrat Fest, I met a couple of people. So I met like a, a bunch of amazing new friends, but I met a couple people that we just, I don't know what it was, but we just clicked. Um, I met, 
she was like my soul sister, Caitlin Cole, like at Carpet Fest. Like, I don't know, something about like our friendship, like we just met and hung out and it was like, and then um, Paul McIntyre, he's one of Cody's uh, interns. Like, I don't know when I spent time with everyone and, and it's almost like Paul just kind of had my back, you know, like mm-hmm. when he would check up on someone, he would check up on me too. And I just like, because, you know, I was surrounded by people that I was meeting for the first time and still like, I I went to Florida by myself, not knowing a soul, you know, and I had so many people be so good to me, but anyway, so Paul, uh, reached out to me and he's just like, um, we need to use these platforms to talk about laws and what's going on. We need to, um, make a positive change. And, you know, uh, and I know, um, have you guys listened to, uh, reptile room confessions? It's that new podcast, uh, shit fuck i'm I can't, i'm blanking on the names do you know what i'm talking about yeah i i have it in my queue but i didn't hear it yet shit. i, I um, haven't i just being home now has kept me from listening to podcasts because i'm not in my car at all and that's why i listen to podcasts he's oh he's like the he's i can't think of the name no, no. of the guy anyway um he was talking about that on reptile room confessions uh, like, if you're not a member of USARC, you need to be because they're doing, like, they're they're fighting for us. But anyway, so I just wanted to talk a little bit about the the um, the bills and bans and whatnot. And I'm doing a really awful job because for some reason I <laughs> stop it. Um, I didn't say okay, anything. So it's, um, yeah, SB 1414 and HB 777. Um, these bills would... Senate bill and House bill for anybody that knows. Yeah. Um, they would restrict uh, the ability to breed iguanas and tegus for the purpose of selling them out of state. Um, the same thing goes for, uh, I had the list, okay. Um, they would ban iguanas and tegus um, and also species listed, listed as conditional species. So that would include Burmese or Indian pythons, reticulated pythons. All, rock all those pythons. Indian pythons that people have. Gr- Green anacondas, Nile monitors, red spiders, green iguanas, black and white. T- yeah, it, it's 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 something that um, like I need to be more proactive about myself. Like when I first became a member of USARC, you know they they ask you if you want to sign up for a l- newsletter, and then they send you an email like, "Hey, this is happening. Here's how you can help." And I used to, you know, because they give you like a template of an email that you can send yeah, to. Yeah, so I used to do that, and I haven't for the longest time, and I need to get back into it because, like, it's been talked about so many times. Like, if they do it in Florida, like, it might bleed, you know. Well, the problem is you may not keep a green iguana. You may not keep a tegu. You may not keep a retic. But you may keep a samboa. You may keep a carpet python. And if they can outlaw the tegus and the retics, do you really think that's where they're going to stop? Like at some point they're going to come for everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm like again, I, again. I said I'm. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm uh, not doing a very good Get job. Get your of shit together, Carly. Yeah, sorry. Come I on, like. Jones. Are they putting oh, out I, a? Um, are they putting out like a thing where you have to send in a letter or whatever to, like, talk to the senators or whatever? What could you? Sorry, you froze. Could you repeat that? Is it like a uh, is it a letter campaign that they're doing about this, or is it is it on US Arc? Like you can look it up and, and send it out. 
Yes, yes. And um, and it's also on uh, usarcflorida.org. That's where I found all my information. I haven't seen any updates recently, whether it's been, you know, passed or, or not. Um, but it's, it's just, I don't know. I guess basically I just wanted to, uh, like, remind everyone, like, um, well, I think everybody, we really shouldn't, you really shouldn't wait. We really shouldn't wait until it's at our doorstep. Like, I, I'm glad that Paul reached out because, like, I didn't want to be ca- caught with my pants down if all of a sudden, like, I get a notifi- notification, like, hey, they're thinking about banning um, Pantherophis in Minnesota. I would be like, um, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, right. for my cold, dead hands. But no. <laughs> for people that don't know, you can check out US Arc on a regular basis. Go to the website. You can check by state and see is there anything that's currently going on in your state, anything that is, and you can keep yourself up to date what's going on in your area, along with every other area around you. It's, it's important to know that, I mean, was it South Carolina was trying to get rid of uh, being able to own corn snakes or something at one point? And so, I mean, again, and that's a corn snake. Come on. You don't think they're going to come after you for for scrub pythons or for, you know, boa constrictors. They're, they're coming. It's just got to stop them when we can. I got a tip for that. Um, what I did and what I do is that if you sell a snake, I take, I think I take 10% of whatever that snake sale is, and I donate it to USR. Well, that's awesome. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, because it's exactly what you're saying. I look at that as, is like, okay, you know, this idea, and sometimes this boggles my mind in the reptile world, is that sort of what we were saying earlier is that we're so different, yet, yeah, but this passion brings us together. And we can sort of put aside our differences and, you know, come together on this one thing. But yet, when it comes to these le- this legislation that's, that's trying to get passed, I mean, I don't know if you remember, but when we started NPR was right when they were trying to ban all python species. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everything. You got blanket ban. So I'm with you. And we, every week we were talking about it and get out there and, you know, make sure that you're, you know, talking to your, your local business. I mean, your local uh, politicians and da 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 and explain to them. Um, but, you know, you have to support those people or there won't be a hobby. Yeah. So if, you, if, if you're making money from it, I don't, I, I, I sort of look at it like a tax, you know? It's it, here's a tax you're paying. And, and I think that people, if more people did that, then more people would buy from specific people because they're like, okay, this person really wants to support the hobby. So I'm going to vote with my dollar and get yeah. the animal from him instead of getting it from somebody else. You know, if that if, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I like that idea. I, I may have to, I'm, I may, I'm going to adopt idea of some sort of percentage, uh, and sending it to USR because I'll be honest, as much as I, I, I want to support them, I don't ever think about it. But now that I think, oh yeah, if I sell an animal, all I got to just take that money, set it aside, and I could buy well, that the, Yeah, that was always the hard part. Like, it was, especially with people, like if people are living check to check and they don't really have the money to, you know, they, they don't have cash to go and, and donate to, to USR or whatever. But when you sell an animal, to me, that's like bonus money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I feel like people always really need to give a big donation. You don't have to give a big donation. If, no, no. Send them no. ten bucks. I mean, it's, it's, it's five bucks. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like. <laughs> I hope. Uh, maybe James, could you do me a solid and edit out the weird? Like, I just okay. I'm no, getting self. It's no, not. I'm getting. No, I'm getting self-conscious now that Paul is going to listen to this and be like, what the fuck? Like, you're like, I don't know what you felt, girl, but I did not feel that. Like, <laughs> you're always self-conscious. 
And no, I, I've talked to Paul. He'll understand. You're good. Oh, well, I just... But now we can get to the fun part. Oh, I have such a cool animal. This one's so awesome. So now we are at Carly's Animal of the Week. Yes. Nice. And this one is awesome. It's one of my favorite birds. It's Have you guys ever heard of the patu bird? A patu bird? Or patu? I say patu. patu. I've heard patu. No, I've heard patu. Uh, I can't remember what it is. I have heard the name. P-O-T-O-O. And, and like, their faces, it's, like, the embodiment. Their expressions are, I don't know, they're just incredible. Um, there's seven, yeah, look it up. There's yeah, yeah. seven species. Um, they're one of the, yeah, they're the one of my hell? favorites. I know, aren't they amazing? Wait, are they related <laughs> to frog mouths? No, they are not. And that's oh. one of the first things that I, I discovered about them. Yeah, I know, aren't they awesome? Uh-huh. Um, so one of its most well-known characteristics, characteristics besides its expression is its unique moaning growl um, that they do during the night because they're nocturnal. Um, they're found in central. Yeah, if I had a face su- like that, I'd only come out at night. Also, <laughs> you kind of do that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not editing shit out for you. <laughs> um, they're from. They're found in Central and South America. Um, they're insectivores. They hunt from a perch and rely on their excellent eyesight. Uh, their colorations vary from brown, gray, black, and whatnot. And uh, during the day, they perch upright on tree stumps to blend into the bark. Um, they don't look real. The... I know. Are they amazing? I, I keep I scrolling through pictures. I'm like, how the hell is that a thing? I had so much fun learning about these birds. Like, um, and I've known about them for a while, but I it it was awesome getting into like their reproductive cycles and stuff. What's funny is you can tell all the pictures that were taken during the day because their <laughs> pupils aren't dilated, so they have these giant yeah. yellow eyes. And then the night <laughs> pictures, they got these big old black eyes. Their eyes are incredible. Um. I I read uh, in the, let's see, in one of my um, sources, I read uh, in the multi-volume series of books, uh, Handbook of the Birds of the World, um, one of the editors described um, patoos as little more than flying mouths with eyes, and I thought that was funny. Uh, Their fan, let's see, I keep losing my place, my handwriting's awful. Their eyes uh, are incredible they're bright yellow in some species which could give their location away to predators but they have small slits um in their eyes that allow them to sense movement with their eyes closed so they can kind of still see yeah it's cool um they typically get their meals from flying insects and rarely attempt to catch prey from the ground um one northern Patu was found with a small bird in its stomach, um, and the ornithologist studying them guessed that as it flew out to, like, snag the insect that it was hunting, um, another bird simultaneously, like, went to go grab it, too, so it just swallowed them both. Uh, let's see, what else do I have written about it? Yeah, anyone um, listening, you yeah. have to go look this bird up. Yeah, man. It is <laughs> the weirdest thing. Cool. I love this bird. I want to be if I I want to be reincarnated as either a moose, an American alligator, or this fucking bird. Noah's Ark, right there. If there is afterlife, life, and I'm not either A, B, or C, we will have words. But <laughs> um, and it's a it's enormous mouth just swallows their prey whole. They don't. Uh, they swallow their prey whole without crushing or chewing. Let's see. They are on a whole monogamous. Here's one. Oh, my God. It's solid white with red eyes. Cool. I haven't seen that one. I'm going to look it up after this. 
Um, they're on a whole monogamous, I'm almost done, I promise, monogamous breeders, and both parents share responsibility for incubation. They do, they do, oh, <laughs> they do not construct a nest of any kind. The, the female just kind of fucking farts it out on a, like, on a, rot, on a rotten stump or a protruding branch. Like, wherever. Is that your biological way of saying how they reproduce? Yeah, just farts the just, egg out? Just farts it out right there and then. <laughs> um, rotation of incubation is infrequent to minimize attention brought to the nest because they, you know, like they rely so heavily on their camouflage and the plumage of nestlings is uh, white to resemble clumps of fungus. And then they eventually turn into their beautiful brown. The problem is that camouflage only works if their damn eyes are closed. I know. Well, that's why they have those slits in their eyes because their fucking eyeballs are giving them away. (laughs) The creepiest looking. I don't know how I've never seen this thing before. I know. It does kind of look like a frog mouth, but it's definitely not a frog mouth. It- no, they're not related to frog mouths. Um, so I didn't look into if it's um, de- con- oh god, convergent, divergent. What's the evolution where that would be convergent? Uh, divergent, conver- divergent would be related. You won't related or not oh, related? They're not related. The convergent evolution means they evolved opposite of each other, but have similar uh, habits, which cause them to evolve a similar structure or function or. Uh, di- okay. Divergent means they split. You know what? Um, I've been saying wrong the entire time I've been into this hobby, and no one's corrected me. Um, I've been saying ontogenetic, and it's ontogenic. Is it right? Huh. Is it ont- I, I say it wrong too. too. I think I said it wrong. <laughs> yeah. See, I was reading. Um, uh, I can't remember. It was the last. It wasn't this book I'm reading. It's the last book I read, but I can't remember. But they they said ontogenic, and I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> I see. Here's ontogenetic right here. Really? Oh, maybe it was an older. I can't remember. I maybe onto, it was an. Old. I see ontogenetic. So either I don't know. There's ontogenetic on a bunch of different places. So. Oh okay. Ont- maybe I am. Ontogenetic color change. Other. Yeah. Here's onto ontogeny, which I guess is a form of the word, but. Huh. Further, I will conduct further research after this. That's and that's all I got <laughs> about the two bird. Isn't it neat? I love. Yeah. They're they're really neat. How do you find these um, like animals of the week? Do you just like Carly's randomly brain. Google something, or do you read it in a book, or see it I on have, YouTube? I have um, a list of animals in um, a notepad in my phone, and I have a bunch of different really neat animals. Um, and it's usually like I watch a lot of. Uh, I I don't only listen to like herpetolo- herpetological podcasts. I listen to a lot of zoological podcasts too. Oh. Um, and uh, I watch a lot of um, like uh, like zoologic centered YouTube channels too because I I love animals. Like, but sure. yeah. you know my favorite is is snakes. So I I tend to focus on that. But once I learn or read about a new animal, um, then I put it in on this list to. Uh, to cover for later like i've got a really uh do you guys know what a saiga is no oh they're my favorite species with hooves um <laughs> you should look them up really quick they're going to be an animal of the week at some point well i'll look it up then i'll be surprised <laughs> what's it called s-a-i-g-a saiga well, that's a weird face. Oh, I've seen that before. Yeah, that's weird. It's like, like a taper face almost. Like it curves. And they're in really big trouble. Um, 
But if we, oh my god, like, if we lose the saga, like, if it becomes extinct, I'm gonna fucking so wheeler myself off the Grand Canyon. <laughs> <laughs> I love that that's a verb. <laughs> so, there's, a, there's a picture of the Patu bird, where obviously there's more light on one side of the bird than the other, so its eyes are different sizes, and it, just, it looks even more weird. Animals are, they're just, they're so incredible, and, yeah. um, we just need to get more excited about them. So the more people get ex- like, you know, just like with our snakes, the more people that are excited about them and, and care about them, the more we're going to make a difference and, and actually uh, save them and keep them around. Well, awesome. That was a very interesting animal of the week. Yeah, they're, they're fun. It's always, it's always tricky for her to find something I've never heard of. And those are two animals. I, I feel like I've heard of this weird antelope thing, but I don't know that that nose is funky. I've seen that, but I've never seen that bird. It's like someone glued a paper's nose onto an antelope. <laughs> yeah, they're cool. That's all I've got. Eric, do you have anything you want to add? Um, Before we no. do uh, outro stuff? Yeah, I mean, I, I dig your, I really dig your guys' podcast. I like the, um, I like the approach that you guys are doing that you're talking about, you know, like, like a weekly recap, if you will, you know, and yeah. I dig the animal of the week. That's cool. I like that a lot. I'm telling you, you got to put that tarantula from the magical land of Oz in there. Did you watch that? You got to watch it. Did I watch it? Oh, yes, I did watch that. I did. See the tarantula? Did. Yes, I did. It's incredible. Yeah. That's got to make the list <laughs> I one am. day. Yes. I, it, and it, it is on the list. Like this list is, it almost rivals my list of books that I want. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it's so long because there's so many incredible animals that, um, that uh, you know, even like a zoo, a zookeeper, like like James was like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. yeah, it's totally on there. Um, um, but yeah. I mean, thank you so much. Like, I mean that I, I like I don't Find even your know words, Jones. what I, I don't have words. I don't know what to say. Like, it's it just this hobby means everything to me. And I know that you guys have talked about. Oh my God. Um, uh, Amanda Rua, when I met her at Carpet Fest, um, you know, she was like, do you know if Eric's coming? And I was like, I have no idea. And she's like, yeah, the first time I met him, I, I called him Mr. Burke. And you were like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, wait, no. what? Yeah, you're like, excuse me? Like, <laughs> I know her an albino carpet, by the way. But yeah, yeah, she listens. <laughs> yeah. I, I she listens, too, I, she'll, hear, she'll hear this. Yeah, I, I, I haven't forgotten you there, man. I, I just can't <laughs> ship during Corona and whatever, but. Amanda and Dallas are a couple more people who just are so like they quickly became incredibly special to me when I met them at Carpet Fest. Oh, they're they're awesome. Awesome. Yeah, they're, they're awesome people. They're yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, but thank I I just I just wanted to um, you know, like say I thank you for just kind of giving us the time of day. I mean, I know Well that's crazy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well see it's it's, it's funny because like when I first found that reptile podcasts were a thing, it was I think I accidentally found Joe's through YouTube, mm-hmm. and then when I looked for that, then I quickly found yours right afterwards. And mm-hmm. So yours and Joe's were the first two I saw, um, and and when we came, I came around to wanting to do a podcast. I was like, I really want to do one, but I don't want to do one like you do, or like Joe does, or like Jane mm-hmm. and Justin. I mean, you've been doing it for what eight years now? Yeah, this is nine. Nine going on nine. Yeah. So like. <sighs> Y'all interview like I don't want to, I didn't want to do an interview. Y'all do interviews, um, right. and so I was trying. What can I do that's different? 
And this has been awesome. And I think the, the weirdest thing, I've said it before, the weirdest thing is we got a couple of messages this week. It's just getting messages from people that listen and how much they enjoy it. And I'm like, really? I, all I did was talk for two hours, but that's awesome. Or like, It's kind of weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, because like, I don't know. It's, it, it's, it's also weird. And I imagine you get more, you've been around longer. People have an expectation of what you are before you meet them. And so yes. I think that that's that's an odd thing because I know like you laughed when when she talked about she was so happy about you you coming on here and giving us the time or when Amanda called you Mr. Burke like those are weird <laughs> things you know long like they don't think of you as Eric they think of you as and it, again in our small hobby kind right. of famous you you are mildly famous in a very small hobby and it's weird uh, yeah that's weird to hear that but yeah <laughs> sure I get it you know. Uh, I mean, I guess I'm just famous by default. Is that? I don't know. I've just I mean, been doing it for so long. I don't so know. That's the thing. You're the podcast that's been around on a regular basis for so long. Um, you know, we had Dave Coffin on last week, and Dave is just a person, but because he's such a uh, public person, he seems bigger than what he really is. But it's very easy once you're yeah. talking to him. You just talk to him. It's very easy. It's well, like I can relate to that because when we had Carpet Fest here, he came. He came to the last Carpet Fest, yeah. and I was in my snake room showing people snakes. And then I come out, and there's Dave Kaufman sitting at my bar drinking a beer, and I'm just like, "Wait a minute, wait what? <laughs> <laughs> Is that Dave Kaufman?" Yeah. It's, it's, so, it's like, "Hi, Dave." Yeah, I'm Eric. <laughs> Again, so I get so it. weird. <laughs> it's just weird to be that that person because I'm I'm so the uh, I'm so the other person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yes. I'm so like shy and intimidated to talk to people, and yeah, I'm that guy. First time I met Tracy Barker, I was like, but when you start talking to Tracy Barker, you're like, oh, she's just a person. She's not. Right. She's but she seems like a figurehead on Mount Rushmore of reptiles. Sure, and like you yeah, should because be everybody able, talks to her. Yeah. yeah, and you shouldn't be able to just have a conversation with her, but you can just have a conversation with her. She's just a human being, right? right. So I know it's got to be weird, like especially with Carpet Fest, because at Carpet Fest you've got all these people coming to you, having just listened to you on the radio on, on podcast. Like you don't actually know them, but they know you. As soon as I talk, they're like, "Is that Eric?" <laughs> you know, I'm just like, "Yeah, <laughs> you're not as short as I thought you were." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought you were much smaller than that. No, Owen can't throw me in a knapsack and take me hiking on his back. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you lived in a house inside of a hillside. <laughs> yeah, but no, I I, I do. I, I really enjoy your guys' podcast, um, and I love the fact that there's so many. But I, I was saying this to to Riley and Andy the other day that you know the fact that there's so many be, makes it you want to stand out and do something different. And not, and not just follow what somebody else is doing. And that's why I enjoy your guys, you know? Yeah, it, so. There's so many now that I've, I've actually had to get – whereas before I would listen to all of them in a week. Now I'm like, all right, yeah. I've got to actually look at what the episode's about and, and, yeah. and pick and choose first. And then if I can go back, I'll listen. Um, there's certain ones that I always listen to. Well, your guys, I From the Ground Up. Yeah. Um, and Perfect uh, Culture Podcast. Yeah, that's, that's kind of my – my three minus us add you. I, I those are the, I listen to y'all three for sure. I usually catch Joe's live and bullshit with him in the in the chat during his live. Uh, but I try to listen uh, to those three. There's just in case, like I just want to throw it out really quick in case anyone wants to listen to listen to. I used to listen to um, more tarantula podcasts and um, 
uh, paleontology podcast, but I've kind of like, there's only so many podcasts I can listen to, but there's some really awesome, like zoological focused ones. Um, the all creatures, all creatures podcast, animalia, um, animals to the max. You listen to animalia Mm -hmm. when they did it. Like they said they're coming back, but, (laughs) um, keeper chat is really good. Um, squaw mates, Squamates. Uh, Squamates is I good. Love- it's just it's so technical. So it's like you gotta. It is, yeah. Um, and Zoologic with uh with Gray what's his nuts. Zoologic is good. <laughs> gray what's his nuts. I don't gray- think that's his name. Gray what's his nuts. Grandpa. I think uh the most impressive part about what y'all done with NPR is that you've been a weekly show for nine years. <sighs> Yeah, man, it's that's I can't imagine life without it, but it does take a lot to do that on that long of a time frame. And the fact is, like a lot of people don't realize this is like we did it live for probably six years. Yeah. I mean, it was live. So like there's no editing. You say something wrong. It's out there. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or you like regret and like that's a whole different ball game. Then have y'all enjoyed the being able to record now and then record? Oh hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh yeah, man, it's great. Um yeah, because if you screw something up or the connection's not right or whatever the case would be, you can yeah. You know, let's start over. <laughs> I love not having Owen blare my speakers out whenever he comes in talking while somebody else is already talking. Yes. That would help. We'd be yes. in the car, and like I could normally on a long ride, I get my wife to go, "Hey, can I listen to a podcast?" She goes, "Sure," and I'll turn it on. But the problem was always the old recording was we'd be listening, and then you hear Owen just scream, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm like, it's yeah." Like, so that's been awesome. Um, yeah. The problem, Jake and Justin, is I have to crank the volume all the way up because they talk to the microphone from back here. Right. <laughs> they keep it casual, man. They keep good. Uh, Comfortable. I do. I, I want to give. Uh, uh, I don't know if you know about this one, Carly, but Aussie Wildlife Podcast, the Aussie I, Wildlife Show. You know, I I listen. What you did mention them on uh, NPR a while ago, and when you did, I listened to a couple. But I I don't know. I just kind of fell off. I like I wasn't getting really into the episode, so I quit listening. Oh, okay. Um, but I'm gonna. Um, I know you've mentioned them um, a couple times, so I'm gonna. Yeah, sometimes their episodes are like, mm, but every once in a while they, they hit one out of the park. I, I remember. Oh, go ahead. You go. You go. Okay, okay. I, uh, <laughs> I I like NPR just because I think I think it's tricky. Someone sees NPR, sees Morelia Python on radio, goes, "Well, I don't, I don't keep Morelia." I don't think you have to to listen to that radio, like to listen to y'all. I think it's it, there's there's a lot of information. There's also non Morelia folks every now and then, but I think sure. the stories that you hear are part of the fun part. Like, cause you have a yeah. lot of old school guys come on and you get to hear how certain projects started or how this. And so you get to hear how it started, a 10 year project started. And then you get to look up where it's at now and being able to see that whole process is pretty cool versus yeah. talking to somebody who's starting a project just now. And then you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. I look at, um, I think that for us, for all of us that do podcasts, we're sort of like, uh, you know, recording history. And I'm trying to get, I, I like geek out on that stuff. Like I love the backstories of, of things and, yes. and how they became what they are today. So like if, if there's people out there and I, I think that their story needs to be told. 
So, like, I try to get those people on as much as possible. I mean, Stan Chiris is one of those. I mean, he wrote that article in Reptiles Magazine about breeding diamond pythons. He was, like, one of the first people in the U.S. to successfully breed diamond pythons. And granted, his approach is not the correct way to do it or not how we do it now. But, like, you know, when I contacted him, I'm like, hey, man, you want to come on and we do this podcast and run it by the radio? And he's like, mm, I don't, I didn't do it right. You know, they do it differently now. And I'm like, I know, but your hist- that history has to be there, you know, that, that, you know, so somebody can go back and listen to what you had to go through to even, you know, put that species into people's hands. Yeah. You know? We, and like, it's been said by so many people, like, like people like me who are like so green, like I'm standing on your guys' shoulders. Like I am able to keep my animals the way I keep them because of that trial and error. And like, you know, it's, I mean, that's so cool that, you know, that's so cool to hear those stories because then we can appreciate what the knowledge we have now. And, and it's just, and, um, So you guys won't won't look at us young bloods and be like fucking kids. <laughs> don't, don't know how you did it. My lord. Yeah, right. <laughs> One cool thing that happened for me from your podcast was uh, I did a show last year in Longview, Texas, and I looked up the map of where my table was going to be prior to the show, and I saw I was next to uh, pythons in a pear tree, and I'm like, why do I know that name? And I had to look up. I was like, I know that name from y'all because it was Michael Pinnell, and I was like, I know Michael Pinnell's name from y'all. I was like, so that was kind of cool, just to like. I've heard them yeah. on, on y'all for so long and then to meet him in person. Right. And he's, yeah, exactly. He's, he's a super awesome dude. Also, he's a really oh, nice guy. I love Michael, man. He's really, yeah, he was one. I was, you know, when I met him, I'm like, um, oh, <laughs> can I talk to you for a second? He's so, like, oh, you're Eric from Rare Python Radio. I'm like, oh my God, I wouldn't hate you who I am. It's so funny. If anybody's ever met him, he's so not intimidating just as a yes. person. Like when you meet him, he's such no. a nice person. But he's Michael Pennell. But there's a name. There's, there's a snake named after him. There's a whole line named after you know? him. When I met um when I met Billy from Uabami Reptiles, I like threw up a little bit in my mouth. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, so it's not it's everybody has that, but it's a matter of, you know, uh, you know, you look up to other people, you know, and then you have people looking up to you and now it's like, oh wow, this is wow. This is weird. <laughs> like, yeah, do you ever feel like you have to go look just, just because I'm on a podcast doesn't make me the expert. Like, I can give you advice, but I'm not the oh, only one. I say that all the time, man. All the time. Talk to other yeah. people. And that's the whole point of why we do what we do. You know, I mean, I, 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 you, we had this opportunity. And, like, at the time when Reptile Radio was out, they talked about ball pythons. And every once in a while, they would have other guests on and whatnot. But there was these awesome group of people in the Morelia family that, you know, weren't getting any time of day. And they're so knowledgeable and they're so passionate about what they keep, whether it is, you know, carpets, which are the superior Morelia, or the green trees, which, you know, uh, uh, they're okay. (laughs) (laughs) But either way, you know, both of those people were, you know, super passionate about what they keep and they're very into the animal and natural history and, and all these things, whereas, like, it's not just about, you know, I'm breeding a... Let's see if I remember the list you said. A monarch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> melt. Melt. The old, the old nanny uh, melt. Yeah, nanny melt. 
you know, and not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm not knocking that at all. But like, you know, to me, this was the group of people that I wanted to be like, you know, and like they needed to be put out there and, and they didn't have a platform. And at the time I didn't, I didn't even breed when I started Morelia Python Radio. I didn't know anything about breeding. You know, it was, I was learning as I was going, but nobody was doing it. So it's like, okay, we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. That's why it's interesting because, like, like you said, you didn't even breed. Uh, we start – Carly doesn't breed at all. She has four snakes, but she still, I think, again, has important stuff to say. Or you look at, like, yeah. culture podcasts. Those guys really hadn't been breeding when they got together and started doing a podcast. Most of what they have now has started since then. Um, but with that said, they still have a lot of good information, and they bring on a lot of people to help fill in what we don't know. Um, same right. thing you do. You bring in people that have – first-hand experience with diamond pythons or you know savu pythons or whatever it is sure which yeah. is another weird thing not seeing like i remember seeing savu pythons in pet stores for almost nothing they were little dirt snakes when i was a kid right and then to hear people not, can't find them. not be able to find them i was like <laughs> really i saw that in a mall pet store once thinking who the hell wants that ugly ass python <laughs> right so, yeah how it's, dare it's, you sir it's it's, it's crazy <laughs> yeah um but yeah i i you know I've had a blast doing it. I've met some awesome people and, you know, I'm glad it continues. Other people continue to take that ball and run with it. Cause eventually I'm not going to want to do it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor Owen. He's going to have to find somebody else. I quit it too. If here's, here's a good analogy. Like, you know, like I always try to, cause music is my other passion. Right. So when you, when you learn guitar, you spend so much time trying to be a lead guitarist. Right. But 10%, of when you're playing guitar with a band is lead guitar. Yeah. 90% is rhythm Rhythm, guitar, which gets no, it's not flashy. It's not, you know, without a song sounds like shit. Correct. You know, so you, so the dynamic of the, you coming from a, you know, more of a breeder side or more experienced side or zoo, zoo based, you know, experience. And then Carly has this other side. I think that that side is often, and it goes back to what I was saying about how, like, you somehow it's not legitimate, but it is. It's yep. it's ninety percent of the. You know what I mean? It, yes. Well, and you know, saying it wrong, it, but it, it, well, it is. And we've all been there. We, yes, we've all been at that point. But the problem is, ten years later, you're not at that point anymore, and you forgot you were at that point. Correct. And that there are still tons of people out there who are at that point right now and need to hear it. Right. Um, which is why I think having Carly on and having people listen, realizing that because I know Carly. She's hard on herself about a lot of stuff, which is ridiculous. She's hard on herself about a lot of stuff. But I need people to hear that because other people out there are also hard on themselves, thinking they're the only yes. ones doing it. Yeah. And so that was one thing I thought was great. I, it's, I, I We get jaded at a certain point. Yeah. And yeah. it's nice to have Carly around to remind him, eh, maybe you shouldn't be so jaded. We're just keeping snakes. Like, calm the fuck down. It's just a snake in a box. It's a snake in a box. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe your box is fancy. Maybe your box is plain, but it's still a box. Making a box. Uh, all right, so all right. let's wrap this up. Eric, if anybody wants to get a hold of you, where can they find you? Uh, my website is ebmoretta.com, and the podcast website is moreapythonradio.net. Definitely check out his website. Uh, your website's got a lot of good information. Especially if you have mm-hmm. any questions on certain uh, species or anything, he's got it broken down there. Check out his website; it's great. I, I went to it. I, I checked it out. I, I've well, I've had carpet pythons for years, but I 
bought my Brittles Python for the first time about a month ago. Welcome so, to the dark side, I, my I, friend. I kind of joined. <laughs> I kind of joined the real Morelia side. So that's right. Yeah. So. Superior. Is, I think is the word. It is, is that the word? Superior. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take that, Mr. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, that was, it's been awesome having you on. Uh, if anyone yeah, wants man. to get a hold of us, they can find us at the Reptile Gumbo Podcast on Instagram, the Reptile Gumbo Podcast on Facebook. Check us on Facebook. Each week we put up a post where you can add any videos, other posts, any information you have seen that week you want us to talk about. Put it on there. We'll bring it up. Uh, you can also email us at the Reptile Gumbo Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, just search for Carly on Facebook. She'll be the only one. I guarantee she's the only Carly on Facebook. If you need to find her, just just type <laughs> just type in Carly. She'll be the first one. Message that person. I killed ask, all the others. Ask the very <laughs> first. The only one. Ask the very first Carly that pops up any reptile related questions you want to. Oh, Eric, I was um, <laughs> I know we're starting to wrap it up, but I just thought it was so funny. Like people will like it is so blatantly obvious who is. Like, on the Reptile Gumbo Facebook page, like, who is replying to who says what? Because I'm just like, oh, that's awesome. Burp, burp, burp. Like, and then James is just like, yeah, I'll look into it. Like, <laughs> I say thank you. And... <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, you're so cool for doing that. Keep on doing it. Like, you, you, like hell yeah, it's man. That's awesome. It's a paragraph of positivity. And mine's just like, thanks. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, but yeah. All right. Um, guess what I have to do? I'm assuming pee. I do. Yeah. <laughs> the podcast is over. Carly has to pee again. Eric, uh, thank you for being on here. Carly, thank you yeah. for making it to episode 12 thank with me. Thank you, Eric. Yeah, yes, absolutely. All right. Talk at you later. Talk to you later.